Welcome, welcome everybody. I'm Corey. I'm Jordan. And this is the Corden in Full Effect podcast. We're going to discuss finances and fitness or wealth and health or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to help you guys get your life together. And we're going to really start from a groundbreaking and genesis type perspective where we're going to show you how to build your foundation and build a team and show you how to progress through life. Really from our perspective, I know a lot of people already show up with the success and then they you know show you how to get it but we're going to show you how to get it from the start because we're at our start and we really don't have that much right now this is our first podcast this is awkward as hell right now it is but But, it's okay (laughs) we're gonna gonna get get through it it. uh when we say full effect uh we can go a little bit off the rails we aren't wild but you know every now and then it does get a little over exaggerated so there is going to be some entertainment on here but from a finance and fitness standpoint we are gonna try to provide you guys with some very valuable information and i would think that it's a good time for us to really give in a background of how we got here jordan and i met shout out to Bowie state bulldog nation always class of 20 class of 2015 spring cohort comp side shout to squad Squad. uh but we met dr el saeed 214 that class was wild it really Um, was and but we met in college and then uh we're fortunate enough as we said squad we have a great group of friends when you go to college you're supposed to build your critical thinking skills uh build a network and also improve your time management we were fortunate enough to build that network and we just been rocking Heavy. Just going. Heavy ever since then. And then fast forward to about 2018. When we graduated college, we all had an idea of how much money we wanted to make and where we wanted to be in life. But um, 2018, 2017, I was at work and YouTube brought me across Dave Ramsey and his algorithm. And he said, hey, when you spend less money, you have more money. And I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> A lot of people say it's not real financial advice when you say just, you know, with below your means. And I started doing some more research and I was like, yo, we're broke. (laughs) Like, really? Like, (laughs) we're broke. And uh, Jordan and a couple other friends like, what are you talking about? I'm like, nah, we got to get on a budget and we have all this debt and um, our finances are not progressing the way they should be. And then a couple of months later. Jordan started getting his fitness act on. Yeah. The fitness stuff. So fitness is a lifestyle, guys. So what happened with that is I kind of looked in the mirror one day, didn't like what I saw. So I did a little bit more of my fitness journey to kind of get to a place in which I would be happy. And what that meant was doing additional exercises, doing getting control of my diet, doing a little bit more uh, than, than most, uh, more than average than um, what was necessary to, to kind of get my, get my stuff together. And from there, it kind of expanded from myself to myself and my wife, and then from us to, of course, the squad and other friends who had noticed the difference and changes that our, our fitness lifestyle had made. So. And then they were like, Let's make some money off of this. Yes. And now they have a small business that is just on its way to thriving. It's not thriving yet. But we're working to that point. Getting some roots. We get some roots. Finally Fit 06. Yes. Out here getting that work in. Check them out. What? You're on Instagram? We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Are you on Twitter as well? We are. On tw- are you on Twitter we too? We do have a Twitter. Twitter's a cesspool though, so you have to, yeah, yeah um, <laughs> you gotta be careful on Twitter. It's a little wild on there. But no, we, um, from a financial perspective, um, when I was bringing to the group, hey, our finances are kind of out of whack, the first thing I brought up and started with was the budget. I like to say in finances, a lot of people out here, and this could just be from a social media standpoint, but people will gear you to saying, hey, your credit's trash, get your credit repaired, now your credit's repaired, now go to the loan, I mean, excuse me, go to the bank, get a loan, and get some real estate. (laughs) And get some real estate, and that is not how it works. Um, As I say, you gotta earn your gym badges, or you gotta- Shout out to Pokemon. Hey, shout out to Pokemon, or you gotta get your Insigma. (laughs) I got a lot of different, different things I could say from a comparison standpoint. But at first, a lot of you just need to get started with a budget. And that is writing down your income, then subtracting your outgo. And then for me, that's important because once you subtract your outgo from your income, you have a certain amount of money left over. And that leftover amount is what you're going to use to either increase, excuse me, increase your assets and or decrease your liabilities. And the great thing about that is there are only assets and liabilities. So for those of you who are struggling financially and you're saying, hey, how do I get ahead? First thing, first thing you have to do, first thing you have to do is what, Jordan? Make a budget. Got to get on a budget. Got to get on a budget. You have to get on a budget. It is and a I, must have. And I know with the budget, especially Jordan and his fiance then at the time, but now wife being my first <laughs> being my first clients and they are patient zero. Um, it was uh, very tumultuous to say the least. And I was a little mean, aggressive, not really, but um, getting them to see that you need to be on a budget was it was a little rough it was, it was, was a little rough. rough i was like what do you what do you it mean it was rough <laughs> now fortunately we come from again computer science background so it's nothing for us to do the math and when the math makes sense it makes sense that's what it does but a lot of people think a budget is very restrictive and controlling and it it's really not guys. it is it is controlling because you are controlling how you're going to spend your finances but not controlling from a restrictive standpoint i mean you make a certain amount of money and then you just tell your money where to go on your budget i think the biggest um i don't want to say so what factor but the biggest heads up um that that helped us transition to to being on a budget consistently was that it just it made you more aware Mm. of where you place your finances right? right like you you'd be surprised of how much of your money you're spending on like food or like clothes or frivolous purchases throughout the month going without keeping track of it. The going out, hey, I know we're in a pandemic right now. We're sort of coming out of it. But if you want to get some money back in your budget, just stop going out to eat. Literally. Stop going out to I eat. I guarantee you'll save money. Like no no question. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, that, that, that was a big step. And then, like I said, that's 2018. So we've been we're almost three years into it now. And, I have just been researching as much financial information as I possibly can. And I figured out there's too much out there for me to learn, but I'm still working to get all of it in my brain. But (laughs) (laughs) he's doing a great job, folks. As I mentioned, Dave Ramsey, for those of you who know Dave Ramsey, he is 100% anti-debt. He's going to help you get out of debt and build wealth. But he has his seven baby steps. And to go over those real quick, baby step one is save $1,000. Baby step two is to pay off all of your 
non-mortgage debt. So student loans, car loans, credit cards, etc. Baby step three is to save three to six months of an emergency fund of your expenses. Baby step 3B is if you don't have a house safe or a down payment. Then baby step four is to save 15% for retirement. And I can't wait until they get to retirement. Oh, so I, a lot of you are underfunding your retirement, but that's that's not what we're talking about right now. That's another episode. Baby, <laughs> baby step five is to save for uh, kids' college fund, if you have kids. Then baby step six is to pay off your house. And then baby step seven is to... I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's to live like no one else and build wealth. Um, the first three baby steps, you do them independently. So you save $1,000, you focus on that, that's all you do. Then you move to step two, and you just focus on paying off all your debt. Then you move to step three, and you save your emergency fund slash a down payment if you need to buy a house. Then steps four, five, and six, you do those at the same time. So you've been putting 15% away to retirement. By the way, that 15% from Dave's standpoint, I recommend this as well, is pre-tax. So if you make $100,000, 15% would be $15,000. That excludes your employer match. So it's 15% of what you make. And then obviously your employer match, if you get that, it's just whipped cream. And then for baby step uh, number five, like I said, you would, whatever money you have left over after you put in your 15%, you would put towards your kid's college fund and you can use an ESA or 529 that and then you whatever money you have left over after that you'll be putting towards your mortgage um dave is scorched earth so so now we're getting back into the budget but when you're looking at your budget and you do your income minus alcohol equals left over that leftover amount you can either increase your assets or decrease your liabilities when you're decreasing your liabilities we're talking about getting out of debt and getting out of debt is a very strenuous um but worthwhile process it's also interesting because the conversation behind it is i wouldn't say confusing or convoluted but most people know that they're over leverage and they have too much debt but then when it comes to making the decision to get out of debt people aren't willing to make the decisions or ooh, terrible word sacrifices ooh. to get out of debt and as I've been working on my financial coaching skills, um, everyone is different as far as the goals that they have when it comes to finances. And someone like me, when I decide to do something, <laughs> I pretty much do it. So when I got out of debt, I pretty much literally stopped paying for everything. Shout out to my parents, I still live at home. But... <laughs> I pretty much cut out everything to get out of debt as quickly as I possibly could, um, just from an increasing my income standpoint and a budgeting standpoint, looking at my budget and realizing, you know, what are wants and what are necessities and what can I cut out from a want standpoint, and that's more money for me to put towards my debt versus Jordan going into a new marriage, by the way. Yes, at the time. <laughs> Uh, it was it was just a little different. You have to consider uh, a little bit more of your partner's opinion, for sure, as if you're not a single entity making the decision, you are a group. So what that means is <laughs> bringing that to the table, sitting down, making a group decision, and still making it in your joint best financial effort. Again, this is after marriage, not being a couple, uh, but we, we can talk about that a little bit more detail later. <laughs> Uh, but it, it was a little rough at first, but once once we got into it and we kind of 
got a decision making process down, it became significantly easier for us to kind of stick with the track, which was our budget, as well as incorporate new um, changes as our lifestyle adjusted. So, yeah. And for, first, so always my disclaimer now when working with the married couples, uh, husbands are quick to just make a decision and not uh, very consult, consult their Super wives quick. about it. So I always <laughs> say, look, Wise, if your husband said I said to do something, that's a lie. Because um, <laughs> Cause at one point there was a time. You, you guys need to talk about it and, you know, come to an agreement on what you want. But that's really when it comes to prioritizing your goals and really deciding what you want. Um, with Jordan and his wife, they wanted to get a house. She, she definitely wanted to get a house. Yes. And when I was working with them, I said, hey, you know, how much do you want? to put down on a house x amount of dollars okay you don't even have enough money to do that <laughs> in your budget so now a decision has to be made are we gonna you know make a whole bunch of more money or are we going to pay off our debt to put us in a better position from a from a cash flow standpoint and then go down that route and that's so, the route y'all chose so yeah it, it was definitely a process one other little tangent is that having these conversations aren't always, uh, I guess, fluid, I guess is what you can say. <laughs> there, there may be, you know, some disagreeable conversations that need to be had, but that's the way you reach the, the most desirable outcome is, is putting all the options on the table and then making the best choice. Right. So what are some tips and tricks then for working with your spouse and getting your finances together? Besides, uh, li- besides listening to me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. What, what are some tips then? Uh, just so communication. So communication is definitely key. Uh, the first and probably most important thing I would say would be to make sure you are very clear in how you communicate. So communication is 80% the way you communicate and 20% content, right? So that is very clear, especially when you are communicating to your wife, husbands, okay? (laughs) You need to be very clear in how she perceives information and make sure that it is in a format in which she can perceive it and not saying that she won't get upset regardless of what what it is, but you you just need to make sure the information is, is clear and not in a order or a command type of way, but more in a discussion and an open open kind of format. So that'd be the first tip. Um, the second tip I would definitely drop is try not, I mean, life happens, right? But try not to change the plan every time you have a conversation. <laughs> uh, I, I can definitely, <laughs> speaking from experience, I know my wife would get extremely irritated when I would come back and we'd have to take a little little detour off our original track. Um, that we had set in place the last time we had a conversation about finances. Um, but, I mean, it happens. Again, just make sure you're very fluid with your communication and do the best you can to present all the options and explain why you have to take the detour that you mm-hmm. are taking. That's right. very key. Um, but those are definitely two rules I would definitely start off with when communicating with your spouse about finances, for sure. Right, right. and back to the prioritization goals. So when you have a goal, you have to have a timeline associated to it. Sometimes it's not Zig Ziglar, I forgot who said this, but SMART goals, and that stands for specific S, measurable M, achievable, relevant, and time-based. And I always say, you know, a goal without a timeline is, I don't know what it is. You have to have a, a specific timeline of when you're going to achieve a goal so you can measure your progress 
And when it comes to working with your partner, uh, as Jordan said, life is going to happen. Like we said, this is a 2018 movement. So that was pre-COVID. Yes. And so things have significantly uh, changed since COVID. So as I mentioned, you want to buy a house or wanting to buy a house in 2018-19 was a lot different than when (laughs) the pandemic happened. And now the housing market is the definition of insanity. Um, For sure. People are buying houses without even physically seeing them, let alone getting inspections. And so, as Jordan says, uh, you got two dice and then life always comes in and rolls something else to knock you off track. And you have to prepare for that. For sure. And so, I, I would think that being able to prioritize your goals, not just when it comes to working with your spouse, but looking at your budget and realizing what you want to do when it comes to paying off debt there's a big conversation on whether or not you should be investing at the same time for me working with different people i'm gonna (laughs) back to the budget always back to the budget i'm gonna look at your budget and say hey how fast do you want to get out of debt and if you say you want to get out of debt in two years if you can do that with your current budget and still invest then that's the plan you want to have for your life. Go ahead and make that decision and start working towards getting out of debt. But if you want to get out of debt in two years and you can't, there are um, really two things we can do. But one thing, and that would be to increase your income because we're trying to increase your outgo, right? We're trying to lower your expenses by paying off debt. And the quickest way to increase your income is to stop putting money towards your retirement. I know that might sound insane for a lot of you, but if you want to get out of debt as a main priority, um, that is an option you can choose, but some some people, and I would say most people, aren't willing to do that. But you know, I mean, it's it's a little extreme, but I mean, it can be done. Speaking from personal experience, uh, uh, my wife and I stopped contributing to our four hundred one k for roughly about two years to get out of debt. But that's how dedicated we were to making sure that we finished that step two and got it done as quickly as possible. Because once you get over that wall, you start seeing how many options become available to you and what the rest of the plan looks like. And there is, there's so much more outside of paying off that debt that you can see once you get on that, that side of the fence, right? But the right. key is to stay consistent and get there. So Right, yeah, a lot of people don't realize how much of their life and time is being sucked away in their debt payments. And um, your biggest asset is time. But a lot of you don't make enough money or have the financial stability to realize and recognize that time is your biggest asset. You literally have to trade every minute that you have for money because you're living paycheck to paycheck. And when you can get to a point where time is literally your biggest asset, where you don't have to make how much money you're making to pay for debt and sustain your lifestyle, then you start looking at life differently. And like Jordan said, you have different options it's all about options and when you have more options you can start a business yes on the side and then you can work on your fitness you can and get in shape man fitness is huge so to get into how they all kind of co-mingle together right you have to be in shape to to live your best life let's just put it that way right to be able to do the things that you want to do you can't do them if you're not healthy right i i one of the things that, that really kind of put me onto fitness is you either have to put in the work on the front end or you will be putting in the time on the back end, right? And what that means is you either put in the, the time and the dedication to take care of your body while you can, 
or you'll end up paying for it on the back end oh, once yeah, right. these problems have already occurred and the you know the damage has been done to your body and you're either gonna pay for it and time at the hospital or in medications that you have to take or doctor's appointments. And I determined that I don't want to be one of those people who are constantly, you know what I mean, dealing with problems outside of their control when you can do what is necessary on the front end to prevent a lot of those things, right? So that's how fitness became a huge key in my life is just trying to trying to take care of my body. I want it to last. I want to live a long time, right? And right, to be able to no. do that, you <laughs> you got to stay in shape, man. Like, let's call it what it is. No, yeah. In the words of Patrice Washington, um, a lot of you are working to pay for medication you won't even be able to pronounce um the arrogance to think you're going to be able to have and spend the wealth in your late later stages of your life when you're not even taking care of your health to actually live and actually you know be in your 60s 70s and 80s and really all of your money's being spent on, on medication you know that's that's not the lifestyle you want to live so exactly you got to start working out now like like today <laughs> <laughs> today so you can be at that healthy standpoint and um back to the budget the budget is the foundation of being able to recognize where you're at financially so to get more in depth on the budget because it's not the first of the month but this is the first podcast so on the first of the month we'll always go deep into the budget because that's when we have our budget meetings with yes. our team but for the budget as i said your income that's easy now, some of, some of you don't know how much money you make. Some of you don't know your pay cycle, whether you get paid weekly, bi-weekly, semi-monthly. Some of you think, wait, bi-weekly and semi-monthly aren't the same thing? No, because bi-weekly is every other week, so that's 26 times a year. Semi-monthly is twice a month, so that's 24 times a year. Yes. Or you get paid monthly, right? So write down how much money is being deposited into your account on a monthly basis, okay? Then you're going to do your outgo, and now we're getting to the budget. And so for me, I have something called the financial house. A lot of you might have heard of the four walls, but you know, to make it a house, I added a roof and a basement to it so I could have something that <laughs> I'm needed layers, guys. <laughs> but so the first thing that you should be paying for is food in your budget. So right now, write down your income, whether it's three thousand, four thousand dollars a month, whatever that is. And then you're gonna write how much money you spend on food. Yes. Right? And what what type of food are we talking about, Jordan? We need I, I, it, okay, so from a fitness perspective, it is okay to balance out what you bring into your household. And when I say balance out, you, you can have, uh, you, you need your, your proteins, you need your fruits, right? You need your, your carbs, uh, but and it's okay to have those sweets, but the, the key for all of these things is moderation, right? So you can, I'm saying all that to say that you can eat what you want, but the key to eating what you want is eating a serving size. So like I know a lot of people aren't even aware uh, about macros and nutrition facts, but there is on every FDA approved product, there is a thing called nutrition facts. And it is a small white square, usually on the back of the wrapper or the package that tells you exactly what the serving size is for that product. And I think more people should definitely pay attention to that because most of us, we just grab something, you know, for example, you grab a bag of chips and you just start eating the chips out the bag and you make no reference to the nutrition facts to figure out exactly how much the serving size. I guarantee you, you'll be shocked when you find out how much a serving size is. I know for a bag of Lay's chips, a serving size is actually 12 chips, guys. 12 <laughs> regular size tw chips is a serving size of Lay's. Right. Now, I know most of us eat at least two to two and a half serving sizes <laughs> without realizing it. And, and honestly, if you want to do that, that's okay. But you just have to account for that calorically later on. But to answer Corey's question, you want a collection of food. But you want to make sure that it balances in the budget. <laughs> now back to prioritization again 
for those of you who weren't really picking up what Jordan was putting down, he did not mention going out to eat and doing your brunches. Not at all. The first thing, again, prioritizing things, the first thing you need to write is your food budget, and that's just your grocery store food. That is not going out to eat. In-house substance, is, That is a separate line item. Right now, the very first thing you're going to write down is your grocery store budget. And for those of you who don't know how much your grocery store budget is, shame on you. I'm going to say that nicely. But you need to know how much money it costs for you to feed yourself. Yes. I think, think that just makes simple sense. Yes. Okay. And then also when it comes to your budget, as Jordan was talking about the nutritional facts and the serving size, a lot of you might be thinking, well, I can't afford to eat healthy. Well, this is the first thing you're paying for. So I just helped you there. Right. And also, too, when it comes to a budgeting and saving money standpoint, not just couponing, but most people don't eat all of the food that they put on their on their plate. So usually people on average are throwing away about $20 a week in food. $20 Easily. a week in food. That's what you're putting in the trash can. So you're not eating everything. That's almost $100 a month. $20 a week, y'all. That's a lot of money. So if you are struggling to feed yourself, you should prioritize your grocery bill first in your budget. And then you want to make sure that you're being more health conscious and wealth conscious because we're not frugal over here. Right, it's not Google, not. it is wealth conscious, but you want to be more aware of how much food you're actually throwing away because everything that you throw away that is literally money that you're throwing away as well. And obviously, you know, you're not going to always eat all the food that you buy, but you do need to be aware of that. So, on the fitness side, we call that food utilization, mm. right? So, write that down. <laughs> I'm out my death. First time I heard that. So, for, <laughs> so for food utilization, it, it basically just comes down to planning. Uh, when you're going to procure groceries throughout the month. So for our for our household, what my wife and I do is we actually sit down, we make a list, but we buy our groceries, um, one, based off a biweekly basis, because that's when, that's the frequency of how we get paid. But then on on top of that, we, we buy it in according to what will go bad the fastest and how often we eat that food, right? So things like, like fruit, uh, veggies, uh, and even certain proteins, depending on what it is, uh, we buy those in, in smaller amounts more frequently because we'll, we'll eat them. But we want to make sure we eat all of them before they expire. Right. So let's be honest. How many times have you had uh, some bananas and they go bad right. or you have some apples and you know what I mean? You, you don't eat them all before you got to throw them all away or some veggies in the refrigerator that you got to throw away. That's like money thrown money thrown away, too, by the way, guys. Literally throwing it in the trash. You, you can't use it for a substance. It's costing you your funds. It's it's a complete L at that point. So the goal is to stretch that budget as well as stretch that food over a desired period to make sure you maximize uh, the the caloric value as well as the financial value. Right. And so again, I've only I've only spent one line item right now, just your grocery budget. Okay, so let's say you make $4,000 a month. That's what y'all, some of y'all, not all of y'all, we're getting during the pandemic, that $4,000 a month. So let's just say that's your income. Okay, so you got $4,000 right there at the top of piece of paper. Okay, then you're gonna subtract the first thing is your grocery budget. So let's say that's $500. And some of y'all are thinking, what? Look, man, what do you want me to say? I don't know how much it costs for y'all to eat. <laughs> Figure out and then put it down there. Recommendation, though, is to always add, you know, depending on how many people, obviously, you're feeding in your household, but anywhere from $50 to $100 of what you think your grocery budget is because you're usually probably spending more money than you think you are. That's the first thing. So if you are struggling to feed yourself, that's because your grocery bill is not, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the very first thing on your budget. 
which it should be. Okay, now, by the way, y'all can debate whether or not it should be first. Cool, whatever. Anyway, somebody tried to tell me, somebody tried to tell me that I'm gonna get into transportation, but their gas budget should be ahead of grocery bills because they had a kid. I'm like, bro, Child Protective Services will not take your kid away if you don't got gas in your car. But if you do not feed your child, they will take your kid away from you. Be gone. I was, I'm like, so y'all can rank these things how you want. But don't eat and let's see how right. you feel after. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the that's the first wall, right? It's part of this financial house, right? Your grocery budget. Second, shelter. And shelter in the four walls is usually food, shelter, clothing, and transportation slash utility. That's sort of five things. But for me in the financial house, after you got your grocery wall, you're going to have your shelter wall. And that's going to be broken down into your utilities and your rent slash mortgage. Okay, so rent, mortgage, everybody knows what that is. That's not hard to explain. But from a utility standpoint, again, prioritizing things. This is just, just like the grocery bill is not you going out to eat for your food category on the very first wall. This utilities is just the basic utilities you need to run your house. So that would be water, electricity. I'm gonna be nice and give you all Wi-Fi and cell phone. It is 2021, so you do need those things. And you know, you might have to pay for gas, you know, sewage, whatever it is, you know, based on where you live at in the country. Don't forget we're in a pandemic or, you know, a lot of us are working from home. You know, you need that Wi-Fi. You do need the Wi-Fi. I, I, I you know, as much as you can afford, but I recommend you get the best Wi-Fi you can get. Exactly. I don't. I don't recommend going cheap on tech. I never do. High speed. But from a shelter standpoint, again, utilities just the basic utilities that you need. So this wouldn't be, um, you know, subscriptions and your utilities like my child needs Disney Plus, as if we all didn't watch two Disney movies growing up in the nineties. <laughs> Right, your child, your child isn't watching. Your child isn't watching everything on Disney Plus, right? No, you don't need your um Apple Music. You know, go on YouTube and uh suck it up that you can't exit out, the, <laughs> exit out the app and still listen to it. You gotta listen to ads, right? These are just the needs. Ads right have now. never killed anyone, guys. Right. I promise you. Ads have never killed anyone except probably someone who might have died from it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> So these are just the basic utilities. Again, obviously you're gonna need, you know, HVAC, but that's usually, you know, in between your electricity or your gas, you know, depending on where you're at um, in the country. And like I said, you know, electricity, your water, and then your Wi-Fi and your cell phone bill. Now, whew, when it comes to the cell phone bill, some of you do not need to have the latest cell phone that comes out and then you lease your cell phone oh how you how you get debt on the cell phone it's such a scam that they're doing that to people on a cell phone this is just you know we all know we need cell phones to need now in today's society but this does not mean you get the i guess iphone 13 is coming out in a couple of months this does not mean you jump up from the iphone 12 to the iphone 13. this does not mean you enroll into the apple care program where you can upgrade your iphone every year and pay money which you shouldn't be doing this does not mean you buy insurance on your cell phone a lot of oh oh, jesus a lot of you got insurance on your cell phone but you don't got insurance on your life i'm gonna get back to insurance later (laughs) say it one more time for them they didn't hear you people I, I'm trying to not be disrespectful. This is the first one. But for those of you who don't have life insurance, but you have insurance on your cell phone, please explain to me why you were doing that. Anyways, <laughs> oh my God. You don't you don't need you don't need insurance on your cell phone. At all. Okay, that's okay. Buy buy the screen protector. Yes. Get an honor box. Get a case. Get, You're get good. A case. That's it. Or be an adult and stop dropping your phone. Exactly. Um, no, I'm lying, because I still do that. But and, <laughs> and for those who feel like they need the newest phone, explain to me. 
a lot of you guys can't even explain to me what the hardware differences oh, are for no, the phone no, that you no, have no, and the phone not, that no, came no, out. No, so why do you need the new phone? Like, for what, the camera? It's cheaper to buy a camera. Like, buy a camera. We don't want to get into the tech where you guys don't even use the phone or whatever tech it is to its full capabilities. Gotcha. But yeah, for your for your cell phone, that's just, you know, I mean, most plans, you know, have unlimited data and texting and calling, you know, all wrapped into it. But for those of you who have your cell phone leased and, you know, you have that buyout at the end, don't, don't do, don't do that again. One, it's not enough money. I mean, talking about a thousand dollars. So just, well, let me not do that right now. But <laughs> let me not do that right now. Okay, but that's it for your shelter. So again, you got your income. Let's say that's $4,000, right? Then you got your grocery bill, which is 500 And let's say your utilities in total is another $500. And please do not hammer me on these numbers. I'm just trying to be average for everyone in the country. So now we spent $1,000. So now we have $3,000 left over, right? Income minus alcohol equals left over. Always need to remember about that leftover amount. The third wall or the third part of the financial house, this would be clothing. And when it comes to clothing, <laughs> this this is probably this would probably be the most debated one. I always say, I don't know what y'all be spending money on. People people just, you know, people go to Target and say I don't got no money. But when it comes to clothing, from my perspective, which is, you know, very a very terrible one, if you do not have children and you are not going through a significant weight gain or weight loss journey where you know you need to buy clothes because your body's changing. You do not need to be spending any money on clothes. As a full-grown adult, you know, you're not growing anymore. So why are you spending money on clothes on a monthly basis? Excuse me. So this is something you're going to budget for every month. And if you're not losing or gaining weight, then you don't need to budget for clothes every month. Let's be very clear, guys. Clothes means shoes as well. All right? <laughs> shoes, belts. Hey, y'all got to stay off that you, sneakers hat. Look, if you can wear it, all right? That's what we're talking about. Right. Let's be very clear. And now, so for those of you who have children, which is going to be a lot of people, yeah, um, you're just going to put a question mark here for the clothing, for the clothing budget. <laughs> right? Kids grow, obviously, insanely fast. Um, one tip I do recommend for those of you who are getting ready to have, you know, another child or your first child tell people not to buy, you know, any three-month clothes for the baby shower because babies, they only three months for, you know, that month. They're going to be four months after that. Uh, you know, people people, yeah, people will show up to a baby shower with, like, 10 newborn-sized clothes. It's like, first off, the baby might not even fit this when it come out the womb. Exactly. So that's one little tip as far as, um, you know, for those of you who have children, and for baby showers, try to lean more in that like six month plus range. So, you know, your child can actually, you know, wear the clothes and they'll probably only wear it for one day anyways at that. And then from a fitness standpoint, if you're losing weight or gaining weight, what are some clothes or clothing stores or, you know, brands that people could look at from a budgeting standpoint? Um, so I highly recommend, uh, Old Navy. Shout out to Old Navy. <laughs> if we can say that. Yeah, I don't, I don't We're not sure you're going to talk we, to our lawyer. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but I know they always have, uh, discounts on clothes. Um, one, one small tidbit just of information in terms of buying clothes. I would wait as long as possible. If you are undergoing a fitness journey, which means you're in the process of either gaining or losing weight, I would wait as long as you possibly can to procure clothes um and that being said it would be when you hit a major transition meaning to the point where if you've lost so much weight that you can no longer it becomes it, it, you start to look unruly if you if you um 
wear the same pants or you have your, your belt all the way to the, the highest notch to the point where you, you can't, you know, you can't hold them up, then I would recommend buying clothes. That, that way, one, it'll save you money. So you're, you're not constantly uh, just in the store buying clothes every time you drop a couple inches off your waist or, you know, or if you gained a lot of muscle, you know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't buy clothes um, every time you, you go up a couple inches. Um, you just want to make sure you, you get as far in between those, those um, purchasing gaps to make sure that you maximize your budget. Um, other brands, Amazon. We all know Amazon is into a little bit of everything. Amazon has uh, athletic wear available for cheap. Uh, they have a little bit of everything. So I, I would definitely recommend getting your clothes off of Amazon if possible. Right. And really not the cheapest thing because I'm bougie. I like nice stuff. But <laughs> stuff nothing that, wrong with that. Stuff, hey, I don't care. <laughs> I'm spending my money on it. But stuff that is obviously going to last you, obviously I'm not saying, you know, to buy cheap things that are dingy and, you know, you, it's essentially you're going to be spending more money because you have to keep replacing them. But just be wealth conscious of what you're spending your money on um, for those of you that are buying clothes. So now what have we done? We spent grocery bill. We spent money on your shelter, so utilities and your rent slash mortgage. And we've gotten you clothes. Now, for some of you, you're thinking, I got some other stuff I want to buy. We're not, you know, it's not your part of the show. We're it's not no, there yet. We're not there. So let's say for clothing, just to give it an even number, we're going to say $200. Okay. So we spent $500 on your grocery bill. Okay. $500. Jesus. I said $500 on your shelter and I forgot to put the rent in the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is live. Okay, so we're going to say it's $2,000 for your shelter, okay? Because I forgot to include your rent and mortgage. <laughs> Although we are doing a moratorium right now, and I don't think some people are due until June 30th. But So you got some time. Yeah, but no, let, let me let me go back and uh, redo that. So $500 on your grocery bill, $2,000 for your shelter, and let's say another $200, okay, for your clothing budget. Okay, so what is that? $2,700 Correct. from $4,000. So now we have $1,300 left over. Now, some of you are saying, that's not that much money. I know. Keep listening to us, and we will help you get more money and show you how to improve your finances. Yeah, as well but as that, your fitness. That's one of the reasons I'm doing this. So you guys can see how fast the money goes if you just properly fund your necessities. Okay? So now we got $1,300 left over. And so now we need to pay for transportation. Now, transportation is broken up into three things. You have in order of what you should pay for. You have car insurance. Then you have gas. And then you have a car note for those people who have car loan. Now, for those of you who are wondering why I said you should pay for your car insurance first, it is against the law. Against the law. Against the law to drive a car without car insurance. <laughs> so you have to pay for that first. Some of you might think gas is first. No, 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 no. If your car is on a, a public street, even if it has no gas in it, you have to have insurance on it by law. You can't have a car on you know public roads without it being insured. So you have to pay for your insurance first. Then... You're going to pay for your gas. Obviously, everybody knows what gas is. Shout out to the gas prices going back up. It's been very aggressive lately. Extreme. And, and then for those Hurt of you. My pockets. Hey, <laughs> it was, you know, going to the gas. It's first time I ever went to the gas station, and it was like up 50 cents between, you know, the last time, you know, thank, thanks to COVID, not getting gas often. But, you know, it was like 220. And I go back, it's like 280. <laughs> and it's like. Well, this isn't fair. I usually don't like making these kind of decisions at the pump, but I was right. actually considering Sorry, putting half a tank. I was like, hmm, all right. Well. Right. 
You have to get gas. And I saw somebody, I think it was a tweet, they said, why do y'all even be worrying about the gas price? It's not like I'm about to not get gas. But when, you know, it's, like, you know, it's, not, like, it's not like you're going to not get gas, but, you know, it's kind of contemplating that decision, you know. And I, I buy regular now. I used to buy premium. But, you know, I was like, this is, um, as they say, this is ghetto. Yeah. This It was too much. This but is no. not it. So you're going to pay for your insurance first, then your gas, and then your car note for those of you who have a car loan. Now, back to paying off debt. There's a lot of discussions on debt, good debt versus bad debt. For me, I just say um, you shouldn't have debt on a depreciating asset, which would be a car. Yes. 99% chance for it to depreciate. So for those of you who are pro-car loans, please explain to me why you need to have a loan on a depreciating asset. For those of you who do have car debt, I recommend, out of all the things, well, there's a lot of things to pay off, but a lot of you want to decrease your car insurance and complain how high your car insurance is. Part of the reason your car insurance is high is because you don't own the vehicle. It's not yours. There's a lien against it. Yes. And since there's a lien against it and you have a loan out on it, you're required to have certain insurance and it's not flexible. And once you do pay off your car, you can essentially change your insurance and make whatever you want. You can increase your deductible for a collision and comprehensive. Um, a lot of people don't want to do it for a collision, but comprehensive for sure. Because that's comprehensive is when, you know, like a tree falls on your car. When are trees don't, you know, how often do trees fall on cars? But when you can, once you pay off your car loan, you can increase your deductibles and that significantly will lower your, your insurance premium for, you know, the month, six months, yearly, however you pay for it. Also in that, a lot of, a lot of you are underinsured when it comes to your car insurance. Do you having the lien on it? You have to, you know, let's say you got to have $50,000 um, in liability insurance. You need more than $50,000 in liability insurance. You can kill people in car accidents. Um, yeah, on, 50K is not going to cover yeah, it. On top of, you know, damaging the vehicles. Um, and when it comes to insurance, insurance is defense. It's going to protect you. So you really need to have enough insurance to protect your current net worth and you know what it's projected to be so a lot of you probably need to have closer to three hundred thousand um in liability insurance obviously check with your insurance broker on exactly you know what they offer but when you increase your liability coverage right that obviously increases your premium right so then you would offset that by decree um increasing your deductibles which will lower your premium i know i had on my car insurance i had um $50,000 worth of coverage on damage to my car, but my car was never worth $50,000. So why do I, why do I need $50,000? <laughs> why do I need $50,000 worth of damage coverage on a vehicle that is only worth $20,000? Um, now that was only like $2 a month for that. But still, when you look at your car insurance, you will be able to change it once you do pay off your loan. So I do recommend you paying off your loans. Now Jordan, with his car loan, he, he almost made a very, I would say irrational. Uh, it was no, it was, it was irrational. It was irrational. It was a little. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> my car loan. Uh, I have a, <laughs> I have a very nice car, at least for what it was at the time. I have a, 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 a two thousand and thirteen Camaro. Um, Camaros are always been my favorite kind of car. So I told myself, next time I need a car, guess I'm gonna get a Camaro. So I got it. Um, I had been paying, I think my car note came out to about roughly about $400 a month. I was making those payments consistently, at least paying the $400, if not paying a little bit over. Um, but then for that last, I got it all the way down, been paying for roughly about, I think about two and a half years. I had got all the way down to about 5K left. And when 
Corey had originally been doing this research for finances, uh, one of the conversations we had uh, was whether or not I should pay off the remaining 5K. But this in full. Was, in full. full. Like one swift payment of $5,000. Now, uh, when you were talking about making this decision, were you sober or did you like, were you drunk and you pulled up Navy Bud and said, <laughs> yo, Corey, should I just spend $5,000? I might have been a little okay. inebriated at the time. but uh, That's the type of decisions we make over here. We do. But, you know, he stopped me at the time. But let's be, <laughs> nah, I'm not going to be liable. Uh, <laughs> nah, your wife's not talking to me talking about where our money goes. <laughs> but let's be very clear. We ended up making that decision a little bit later in a better state of mind, of course. Um, it ended up being a more logical choice to just go ahead and pay pay the car off. And I have no regrets. We One thing that you'll notice, and I'll give it back to Corey to talk about it in more detail, but once you uh, pay off that car loan, you, you have that money back in the budget oh, to yeah. be able to reallocate. And it mm-hmm. is amazing. You'll be surprised on what you can do with that money once it's once it's back in your pot, right? And you can redistribute it how how it needs to be redistributed. You can pay off uh, another debt faster. You can start investing it, as Corey was saying. You can put it in the savings. There's so many again options that you have, but you have to get on that side of the fence to be able to see what's out there, right? right. So pay that car off, man. Yeah. Don't don't keep it around unless you need to. Yeah, what Jordan's talking about when you get that when you. When you pay off debt, I know this might sound insane, but when you pay off a debt, you no longer have to make that minimum payment. So now that money goes back into your budget to spend on something else. And that's what I was talking about, that leftover amount. You use that to increase your assets now, right? You're no longer using it to decrease your liabilities. You can now use it to increase your assets. And with a car loan, and let's, let's be very clear, we're, car, we're not like need for speed car people, but we love our cars. We do. And uh, coming from somebody who spend 75% of their pre-tax income on their brand new car. Um, yeah, I can understand why some of you like your cars. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that I had um, spent as much money as I spent on my car. But um, when I looked at... That's true, that's true. <laughs> I didn't know yours was $400. Yeah. My, mine, was, mine was almost 400 It was 380 And when you look at... For me, I was putting money aside really when I looked at, you know, why I should pay off my debt, I was putting, saving money and I was saving about $100 a month. And so I was doing that for a year or two. So I had about $2,000. You know what then, it, not to cut you off, you know what it was though? I what? didn't put any money down. I came oh, you didn't put any money down? Nah, I put 5000 down for mine. See, you, you came yeah. in the right mind. Well, I came I mean, in and picked a car out and I said, I want that one. And <laughs> right, they were right. like, okay, this is what it costs. And I was like, all right. How much was your loan then? So it was twenty k. It was about, it was about 23 how high was your interest rate? Like five points. Yeah, yeah, there's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About, never mind. We, for those who, in short, if your interest rate is above 5%, the bank is, does not think that they should give you the loan. People with good credit don't get 5% interest rates. But that's, well, well I'll discuss that at a later point. Prove them wrong. Get into the banking and financing uh, sphere. But, yeah, I was saving about $100 a month, and I had about $2,000 saved. Like I said, I I heard Dave, and you saw i paying off all this debt. And I'm thinking, well, if I were to pay off all my debt in two years, right, and then save, you know, all that money I was using to put towards debt in another year, so three years, I would have, you know, a little over $10,000, spend about $1,000 a month on debt payments versus me just saving $100 a month, <laughs> right, times three, that's only, you know, that's $1,200 times three, that's $3,600. And I was like, well, I have more money if I paid off my debt. And then that's Which just from sense. a saving standpoint that's not getting into investing your money and not just in the stock market but in general investing your money and getting that compound interest on that so a lot of you 
should sit down and look at your budget and look at all of your finances. A lot of you, one of the reasons you won't do a budget is because your finances all over the place. So there's a lot of friction when it comes to finding your bills. Or y'all don't want to see how much debt you have. Um, shout out to the people that are afraid to look at how much debt that they have. And that's really why you truly don't want to pay it off. You're using uh, the fact that you have debt as an excuse to why you're not winning financially when you should just pay off your debt so you can win financially. You ever heard the, the phrasing ignorance is bliss? That oh. does not <laughs> apply in the financial world, guys. Just because you don't pay attention to it doesn't mean that it's not there. All right? right, exactly. So to get back more though to the financial house, so that car that car note, if you do have it, it's understood why you have it. Jordan, I definitely can't speak on saying no, you should never have one because we definitely have one and we some recommend, you know, you might need to sell your car, you know, and get into, you know, a lower car as far as value to get out of debt faster. Um, we, we, we don't recommend doing that, Definitely especially don't. as guys. We're, we're going to pay off the car we are. and keep it. Uh, if, you can do, if you can do that, <laughs> I was going to take, you know, five, six years to get out of debt. No, but, you know, if you can get out of debt in two, three years, I always go ahead and keep your car. Yes. Um, because, you know, everybody loves cars. Exactly. So now we've done, you could say, the four walls, and now we're going to get to the financial house. So let's say for transportation, what are people spending? Gas, car insurance, car note. Jesus, you got a car note, five hundred dollars average. Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> let's. Jesus, average car payment on new cars are five hundred dollars. Y'all be out here insane. Let's say you're spending, let's say six hundred dollars. That's oh, you. I'm out of money. I only got thirteen hundred dollars left. Yeah. If you got a car note, if you have a car note and gas and car insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have $1,300 left in this budget, okay? And if I do a car note, car insurance, and gas, how much is that? Let's do $30 a week for gas. That's cheap. So that's, yeah. a, that's $120. $120 for let's the do, month. Let's do insurance, $100. That's $220. Car payments, $300. Okay, that's, okay right. $500. We're doing $500. Okay, okay, let's make that up. Right, so I was like, right. a lot of you are going to be screwed. Right. Hey, no, a lot of you are screwed. You're living paycheck to paycheck. So this is a great, you know, litmus test of literally what a lot of you are experiencing. That's why I do it this way. So we're spending $500 on transportation. It's, it's okay if the math adds up and shows right. you that it you can't that. afford your current situation. Right. That's the point. Yeah, that's that's the point. But now that I'm doing this live, like one take, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, serious note though. So we got $500 on transportation. So we have $500 on your grocery bill. We have $2,000 on shelter, we have $200 on clothes, and we have $500, again, for your transportation. That's $1,000, $3,000, $3,200. So now we have $800 left over. That's that's pretty good, because the, the four walls is just, just that, shelter, clothing, transportation, and food. And now we're gonna get into the financial house, and now we're gonna pay for the fifth thing, which would be your roof, a roof, roof. Is it roof? Roof. No, nah, roof is a dog. Roof? Is it roof? Roof. But it's roof. Let's go with roof. Roof. All right, so we're going to pay for your roof. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm like roughing. I'm like roughing the, right. with the roof. Roughing with the All right, roof. anyways, All right. let's not get sidetracked. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, thinking about it, though. $800, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty a lot good. better than that, my first that, take. Yeah, remember I'm, the, uh, I'm thinking. Do you remember well, the large red column on my budget? Well, no, 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 no. We're not going to. We uh, no, no, all no, right, not sidetracked. They're going to get upset if we were to say, never mind. Okay. Jordan was spending a significant amount of money on just what is, what is stuff. Yes. But so now we're going to get into the roof. And oh, by the way, this is not the actual roof. This is, this is the fifth thing. Of, this is the roof of your financial house. Yes. This is what I call insurance for the fifth thing. 
So most of you are paying for, you know, medical, dental, and vision out of your paycheck from your nine to five. So you wouldn't put that here, right? Because you're already paying for it before you get to this $4,000. But as I said, life insurance, not going to get into whole life versus term life, but they're both better than no life insurance. Yes. You need to get some life insurance. Um, I mentioned um, the rent slash mortgage as far as your shelter. Obviously, for those of you who have um, a mortgage, again, you're going to have insurance on that. And no, I'm not talking about MPI, mortgage premium insurance, or PMI, uh, private mortgage insurance, which you have to get for your loan. I'm talking about you know actual homeowner's insurance. But for some of you, really a lot of you, you are a renter and you do not have renter's insurance. I would recommend, I don't pause it, keep listening to us, but after this, Go and get you some renter's insurance, about $15 a month. You can usually bundle it with, you know, whoever your car insurance person is. But you need to have renter's insurance because you, as a tenant, need to have your property insured. You might think, you know, the building or the apartment that you live in is insured, which it is, by the owner. But to insure something, you have to have an insurable interest in it. And your landlord cannot insure your property because it's not theirs and a, a lot of you have credit card debt on a lot of these luxury brands inside your mm -hmm. apartment and if you go have it on credit card debt at least get it insured so yes. if they go up in flames you know not to your own doing but you know you can get your money back and everyone who's in an apartment for the most part uh, a lot of your landlords will make it mandatory for your lease so you you will have to get renter's insurance if you don't already have it um, to, to stay in their building. Like Corey said, the, the landlord cannot insure your property, so you have to do so. But in order, they can make it mandatory for you to get that insurance to live on their property. Right. So. But for, the, um, for those of you who don't, obviously for those of you who are forced to, you already have it. Right. But there are a lot of people who do not have renter's insurance, and you need get to it. go and get renter's insurance immediately. Immediately. Okay? The next type of insurance, after life insurance, renter's insurance, it is... 2021 tech age so you might want to look into some identity theft protection insurance um and then that's really it to get started right the main thing which is truly life insurance and then renter's insurance if you don't have it from the insurance standpoint for your house okay now the sixth thing we're gonna get into is this isn't really something you budget for every month but it's something you need and this is why i just made up the financial house Sixth thing is an emergency fund. Oh my goodness, the emergency <laughs> fund. The emergency fund is something that everyone knows they should have, but no one has it. Most people don't even have $1,000. The emergency fund is just an interesting situation. People know they should have money, cash on hand, but they don't. It's a must have, guys. You need an emergency fund. You need fund. an emergency okay. fund. Now, for as I talked about Dave Ramsey and his baby steps, if you guys recall, the emergency fund is step three, and you do that independently. So you would only have a $1,000 emergency fund, which for a lot of you is the most money you've ever had. So it's, you know, if you've never had $1,000 before, it's okay to only have $1,000 saved up because it's the, it's, the, it's the most money you've ever had. You've never been in that situation where you've had $1,000. But from an emergency fund standpoint, I go a lot more in depth into it. Not only do you want to have an emergency fund that three to six months of expenses, I lean more on the six months slash twelve months slash twenty four months side. You know, as much slash as much as I yeah, can save, as much cash on hand as you can <laughs> save. Right? It's, it's never in a bad situation to say you don't have cash um, or you do see that you do have cash. But not only do you want to have an emergency fund on hand, you also want to be in a situation where you're in a high cash position, and that means you have an emergency fund and you have cash flow on a monthly basis. So that means you have, you know, hopefully 
around 25% of your income that is discretionary income. So if you make $4,000 a month, right, in this case, you would still have $1,000 here that you could, you know, spend. Because a lot of people, they use their emergency fund when they should really be in a situation where they can cash flow something out of their budget. And that's when, going back into prioritizing things, a lot of people, quote unquote, deem something an emergency fund issue, and it's not actually an emergency. That would be something like getting new tires. It's not, you know you need to get new tires, right? So it's not an emergency. Even bigger purchases, getting a new roof on your house, not an emergency, your house is gonna need a new roof. HVAC system, I can promise you, if you live in a house long enough, your heat and your air, not one, but both of them will go out. You should have that money on hand. Now, that emergency fund or that extra cash on side for something like your tires going out, et cetera, that's on top of your three to six months of expenses. And you would save, for the, from my perspective, you would save for those, um, not independently, but different mindsets. So your three to six months of expenses, you save that money as fast as you possibly can. You need to get your emergency fund at three to six months of expenses saved up as quickly as possible. Then, then when it comes to quote unquote emergencies, but known expenses, like, you know, new tires, like having to get a new roof, you know, any type of house maintenance um, items, you are going to look at your budget and figure out how you can cash flow those things. So, you know, every now and then, you know, you put $500 away towards, uh, you know, let's say getting a new roof. And that's when sinking funds come into play. So sinking funds, you just keep, you know, putting the money in there. And eventually you can look up and, you know, in 10 months, you know, you put $500 away, you'll have $5,000 for your new roof. It's not like your emergency fund where you're going to go crazy and, cut everything out so you can save two, three thousand dollars a month so you can get, you know, your ten to fifteen K saved. And I'll, go ahead. And what you're doing when you're doing these things, guys, is you're actually creating a habit, right? So mm. in either in either the fitness or the financial world, right? The the whole point of all these exercises is to help you develop habits, healthy habits, right? Healthy habits in terms of being able to um, be responsible and put away X amount of dollars um, and still be able to provide for what you and your family need. And on the fitness side, it's the same way, putting in that time and that de dedication you need to get the desired result, whether it be to lose weight and or gain muscle, right? So you need to make sure you put that time in to develop the habit. So when you do need to execute it, it's there, right? Right. So. Yeah. And for those of you who are paying attention, I didn't spend the rest of this $800 on the insurance and the emergency fund. If you can imagine, this is, oh, geez. $800 a month is not a lot of money to save towards an emergency fund. It is a lot of money, but most people need a minimum of $10,000 for their emergency fund. You know, three three to six months, you know, you're probably spending $3,000 a month for most people. Three times three is 9000 So you need about $10,000 minimum. If you're saving $800 a month, that times 12, oh, Jesus, what is that? 96. That's $9,600. That, that's going to take you a year to save your emergency fund. Yes. And obviously you're likely gonna have things pop up along the year. I don't know, you might have to deal with a pandemic. God, they shouldn't, you know, Oof. last thing I needed in my toolkit to say, hey, there might there might be another pandemic, but you know, you wanna have that money saved as fast as possible. So if we spend, how does this $800? Term life insurance, pretty cheap. So let's say you're spending $50 on that and that's all you're spending. Then you got 750 for your emergency fund, right? But now we're out of money. And for those of you who are really paying attention, but maybe I'm helping you get your financial literacy up, we ain't really spent no money. Like we have not at all. <laughs> we have gotten your groceries, we have gotten your utilities and your rent slash mortgage paid. We have put clothes on your back. We have 
paid for your gas, your insurance, and your car note if you have one. And we've paid for any um, extra insurance that you might not have. And then we're putting some money, you know, away a month, you know, seven fifty a month towards your emergency fund, right. which is which is great. But I left out on um, your student loan payments. Mm. I left out your credit card payments. Mm. I left out, oh, your lifestyle for inflation. You have Ooh. Apple, Spotify, and Tidal, which is no longer black-owned. Mm. You have Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Netflix Amazon Prime, Hulu. Ooh. I mean, Jesus. The list goes on. And now you can see where that $800 that we had, quote-unquote, left over before we spent money on the insurance and emergency fund, you can see how that money dwindles away and you're at a point where you're living paycheck to paycheck. Now, what I didn't even do is this was really from a single person perspective. Do not get me into married couples. Now you have two car payments. Now you have two student loan payments. Mm. Now you have, truthfully, four credit card payments. The average person has two credit cards. Now you have four credit card payments. If I just do your, if I just do your two student loan payments, your two car payments, and your four credit card payments, that's eight bills. Yeah. I, and by the way, that's not even, I haven't even get you food yet. That's Ooh. your, that's just your debt payment. Don't, let's not get into medical bills, which might, you know, be on your credit cards, but still you might have medical bills. Oh Jesus. Those of you doing payday, payday loans, please don't do payday loans. Please don't. Those of you, oh Jesus. Those of you who might owe back taxes. Oh God, please don't owe the IRS. Please don't owe the IRS. Let's be but, very clear. I mean, this could be a whole nother segment, but oh, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the IRS is the top of the list top. of people you do not want yes. to owe money to. Cause yes. guess what? You're going to give it to them or they're going to take it. Let's be very, very, very clear. Right. All right. When it comes to prioritizing debt and paying it off, if you owe back taxes, you pay them first. And I said, I was gonna get to more of the banking and financing thing, but I was telling Jordan, and our team in 2019, you'd be surprised about how much stuff you actually have to pay for. L- little did I know a pandemic would happen and I, my theory would get stress tested. Yeah. But when the pandemic happened, a lot of you should realize you don't have to pay for anything except food, gas, and that's it. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much that's it. Obviously any extra stuff you want to have, but you got the moratorium on the student loans, your car loans had to be paid right away. Obviously stuff was due eventually, but you know, you didn't have to pay for that stuff. So when that when it, when it comes to taxes and owing taxes, you have to get that out the way because when it comes down to it, you may need to. For those of you who are struggling financially, you might be on the verge of bankruptcy. You have to pay your taxes because if you owe the IRS money, they will garnish your wages. Mm-hmm. They will. That's a curse word, guys. They, <laughs> They will put a free, I've seen it being a teller, they will put a freeze on your bank account. Whenever you pull up an account and it's like, you know, IRS has frozen its account, it's like, IRS don't even work here. How, <laughs> how, 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 do, how, do, the, how do the IRS freeze your account? Now, obviously, they send some information probably over. Right. But, you know, the, the IRS has a, a lot of penalties. I, um, this is 20, 2019, no, 2019 filing year, but 2020 year. I forgot to put my interest, you know, your interest you get from your bank account. If it's over $10, you have to file on your taxes. I had a $15 and like six cents in interest and I forgot to put it on there. The IRS sent me a penalty for $43 for forgetting to put $15 in interest. Mm. So that's three times. Now, now mind you, <laughs> not only did they send me a bill for $43 and 46 cents, that also included interest on me owing them money. But how am I owe y'all interest? And y'all just told me about it. Now I give y'all the money. I'll say, what do y'all want? Give it to you right away. I didn't know. So they charge hefty fees and they have a lot of power. I call the IRS um, 
Raphael. I got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of the American government <laughs> finance, which is the Treasury, which is Leonardo. Then you got Federal Reserve, which is Donatello. Then you got the IRS, which is Raphael. And you got the SEC, no, not the Southeastern Conference for football and basketball and college sports, but the Security Exchange Commission, which controls the stock market. That's Michelangelo. The Teenage Mutant Turtles, um, they're rough. And the IRS is definitely Raphael, because if you've seen the most recent Ninja Turtle movies, he straight up told Leonardo, I don't care if you're older than me, I'll whoop your ass. And, <laughs> and that's sort of how the IRS works. For those of you who don't know, the IRS is a subpart of the United States Treasury, but they be out here gangbanging like Raphael. I'm trying to They be you. out here like Raphael. <laughs> like they in charge. I'll run down your bank account and stick it up. Right. And then the SEC, I call that Michelangelo because, you know, if for those of you who've seen Wolf of Wall Street, when the SEC shows up, it is something wild going on. Sort of like, I don't know, when the GameStop situation happened with Reddit. Oh. And um, that, when you, And the thing is, Whenever the SEC gets involved, they also bring in the IRS because you got long-term and short-term capital gains taxes. And whenever the SEC and the IRS show up, that's an issue and a half. It is. It's an issue and a half. And then I got Leonardo and Raphael, um, excuse me, Donatello, or the Treasury and the Fed Reserve. They're they're like there, but they really only show up. You know, Donatello, Leonardo, they like solve the problems like when it comes down to it. So you know, like COVID, getting these checks. That's what the treasury did. You know, Leonardo, he's going to show, he's going to handle it when he needs to handle it. Right. Right. But he's not like that. But I can go more in depth on that later. But that's why you don't want to owe the IRS because they have a lot of power and they also charge a lot of fees. And then when we go back into this budget, again, people living paycheck to paycheck, we have, you know, $800 left over after paying for your necessities. But when you add in your other debt payments and when you add in your lifestyle inflation, you know, you're going to be out of money. I say a lot of people make $50,000 a year. And let's just say you didn't have to spend that fifty k. Let's just, I mean, excuse me, you didn't have to pay any taxes. Like, you literally have $50,000 to spend. And then on top of that, you had $20,000 in credit that you could spend. So you got $70,000. Yeah. A lot of y'all are spending $100,000, though. Mm. You 30, you 30K over your budget if we went to La La Land and, you know, had everything be all... Uh, princesses and peaches and unicorns if you could just spend your money how you want to you're spending more money than you make and that's why when people say it's not real financial advice to say live below your means it's like well tell me why you get to live above your means even if you quote unquote are struggling to you know make money it's like at what point in time do you recognize that you spend less money than you make regardless of how much money you make because if you don't you know even if you make a hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars if you if you spend if you spend two fifty and you make one fifty, still spending that, into a hole, guy. Yeah, and the, the the one good thing if you don't make a lot of money, you usually can't get into a lot of debt from a whole number standpoint. But you know if you if you're you know in a situation where you're making over six figures, you can get into a significant hole quickly, and it's going to be you can look up and you can have six figures in debt, excluding your student loans. It's, but you know when you add in your mortgage and student loans, a lot of people already have half a million. Got five hundred thousand dollars in debt. Sheesh. Now, obviously, it's including your mortgage, but like, when are you gonna pay that off? <laughs> I, that that's my question. When are you gonna When are you gonna pay off? Right. I, 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 I don't got an answer. You you looking at me for an answer? I don't got see, it. <laughs> see that that goes to the plan. And so when it comes to, I guess we can switch gears more to paying off debt because that's what we just I just finished doing last year, and Jordan and his wife are. In the process, excuse me, in the process of doing it, waiting for Joe Biden to see if he's going to forgive these student loans, which he's not. Come but, on, Joe. 
when it when it comes to paying off debt, I recommend if you can do it in under two years that you should do it. There, there's no reason to to not do it. To not to not do it. I, I recommend you do it. I mean, I'm highly aggressive in my financial decisions, so I will say I will. If you work with me and reach out to me, I will I will cut everything out your budget that isn't a necessity and isn't something that you owe a debt payment on. And yes, your kids will be watching Lion King on VHS. They won't be watching it on Disney Plus. <laughs> you ever wring out a bath cloth or a towel? That's what Corey does to budgets. Uh, <laughs> in a good way, though. In a good way, oh he will he will get you to the goal if no, you you no, know. No. See, Jordan's speaking from like a PTSD standpoint. He said <laughs> him and, he, he and his wife were my first clients. They were patient zero. But as I've been working with the rest of our team and other people, I'm uh, I'm gonna say nicer. I'm more understanding that everyone doesn't have the same mindset and mentality that I do. But like I said earlier, I what I will do is make you. I will hold you accountable, and I will make you define your goals. So I will make you say, "Well, how much money do you have?" Right. Do, do a budget like you know what can you and can't you afford how much money do you want to have in retirement how much money do you want to invest you know things of that nature and then i say okay show me that you can do it and then you know i'll work with you on that path to optimize it you know as best as we can but when it when it comes to paying off debt um you can put yourself in a position if you can do it in under two years and i mentioned time being your biggest asset mm-hmm. just like with the federal student loans you know that 10-year forgiveness program for those of you who are five, six years in it, right, I understand. But for those of you who are not any years in it, so you're recently, you know, a college graduate or, you know, do the forbearance due to the uh, COVID relief, I don't understand why you wouldn't grind and sacrifice for two years to get the eight years back that you have to pay these student loans and have a 99% chance of not getting them forgiven in the first place. But a lot of you are choosing to trade off time and lifestyle really so you can have debt in your life instead of just grinding yeah. for a couple of years and then all the debt's gone you got more options and it's definitely not worth it guys time is an irreplaceable yeah. resource okay let's be very clear you can make more money okay you can you can have more things you know what i mean you you can you can have pretty much more of all these other resources time you have a finite amount of time and when it's gone it's gone okay so it is in your best interest to do what is necessary to pay uh, pay off your debt as fast as you can, so you can you can maximize the time that you have left. Right, and for some of you that might require working more, and that might be an issue because you are not fit enough to work mm-hmm. more. You don't have that energy to not say work quote unquote twelve hours, but just be as productive as you possibly can. And so you might need to get. Not, maybe not get your weight up. You might not might need to lose weight. Yeah. But you need, you need to get your your health up. And just to, to touch on that, that what Corey was saying before, with fitness, it's the same way in terms of defining your goals, right? I will let you define your goals and then how much time you have to put towards those goals. And then we will make a plan to do what is necessary to get you to that goal in an X amount of time, right? right. And that's what's necessary to ensure that you stay at a sustainable place to be able to reach that goal. Remember, we were talking about healthy habits, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing people don't understand about fitness is it is a lifestyle, right? So a lot of people, what they do is they pay for these trainers and then they go to these classes and let's say you go for X amount of months and you lose all this weight, but you you just did whatever the trainer told you to do and you didn't pay attention and you didn't develop a, a healthy lifestyle habit. 
Well, as soon as you stop going to that trainer, guess what happens? You go back to what you knew before, what you've been doing in life before, which wasn't working, which is what led you to the trainer in the first place, and you gain all the weight back. And you don't have the the, the know-how nor the, the habits to be able to maintain, and you end up in the spot you where you were in. You, you are a trainer's uh, dream, basically, in the sense that you, you, you keep coming back. And, of course, you know, uh, training is a business, right? You, you make... You make money off of people being able to to not with um, I'm sorry, excuse me. You make money off of people not being able to withstand right. or or be able to sustain these health yeah, do it these on health their own. habits. Like yes. They do it on their own. So yeah, they can't do they can't do one push up on their own. So exactly. They right, so they great. keep coming back. So you, I, our, my goal is is the opposite of that, right? I want to I want to give impart that wisdom into you, so you have that information moving forward right. and be able to keep right. keep going on. And Jordan used the keyword habits. So when it comes to just same thing with fitness but finances it's all about habits so when it comes i'm so serious on the budget because i I want you to build the habits or you know the muscle memory so that you can manage your finances and as jordan was saying we don't want you you come reach out to us we don't want you to be dependent on us we you know at the start you might be but eventually i don't help jordan with this budget anymore at least i don't think i do no (laughs) no I don't help Jordan with his budget more than him and his wife, right? They have learned the skills and then, you know, as they do their own research and, you know, shape their budget on how they want to do it, we want you guys to be independent. So at first, you know, you might need to build those skills, but you do want to get in a habit standpoint. And that's the one thing with the budget. People don't want to get, not I'll say in the, not just in a habit of doing a budget, right? Because most people can do a budget. So about the controlling aspect of it, it's actually executing the budget. So say, hey, you're going to spend $500 on groceries this month. So get, for those of you who don't know, that means you cannot spend $500 and a penny on groceries that month. If you do spend $500 and a penny on groceries, you must subtract that penny from somewhere else in yes. your budget. And that's the one thing, too, I forgot to go over. Best thing you can do for a budget is to do... Um, a zero base budget so you're spending everything you're making so if you make four thousand dollars you're literally spending four thousand dollars not spending you know three sixty seven ninety eight you're spending all your money and you're tracking it and let's and let's be clear when Corey says you're spending you, you want to make sure that that money is tracked it doesn't necessarily mean that you are exchanging like you're giving that money away spending could mean that 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 eight hundred dollars that was left is allotted to where it needs to go in your budget. Right. That's what he means by spending it, right? right. You're gonna be intentional. You're gonna, I mean, always be intentional with every decision you make in your life, not just in finance and fitness, but everything. Every decision you make needs to be intentional, needs to be planned, needs to be calculated as best as possible. As we say, you know, life comes in and rolls the dice, so you gotta adjust for that. But you want to be intentional in every decision that you make out here. You don't want to just be out here making fruitless decisions, because then. Uh, I was gonna use a bad word. No. Doing, I don't think we've. I don't think we. I don't think we've cussed yet. I think I said like damn, but. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, we're doing good. We're, we're doing making good. some progress. No, but you you want to be very. I mean, for me, it's you get one life, and I don't understand why you would not make the decisions to live the best life you can possibly live. Exactly, and that, and that doesn't mean. As I mentioned the team before, you don't go out here and do everything on your own. I make it very clear. I don't do that much on my own. I pretty much don't do anything on my own. I'm always out here looking for help from just, you know, everyday standpoint, but from a team building standpoint, Jordan and I are very, very big. Huge. Into- very big on building your team. I guess I can get to the t- team building now. Yeah, go, right, right. go right ahead. Everything see, is a collaborative yeah, effort, guys. Every, see, when it comes... Hmm, 
Oh, Jesus. I don't, I don't even know I was going to say this one on the first one. But a lot of you are posting people on your Instagram or whatever. That's your bro. That's your sis. And they wouldn't even make sure your kid was fed the next day if you were to drop dead dead right now. Mm. And so that's part of the issue. A lot of you, your team either is weak or this is more of a, a male issue, but you aren't letting people thrive in their position. So I say... Women, they really don't have the issue. They got a lawyer friend. They got a doctor friend. They got a girl who know about shoes, but want to know about Jordans, want to know about six-inch heels, want to know about two-inch heels, want to know about wedges, right? All the different things. Women are were more likely to defer to the other women, you know, that are better than them, quote-unquote, at something. Whereas men, they will argue with their lawyer friend. Like, men will have someone who is a full-blown lawyer, and they will argue the law about them. That's... Which makes no hey, sense. Hey, arrogance. Hey, shout out to our ego. <laughs> That's our ego, right? Understood, but... You're going to get to a point where you need to let people on your team thrive in their position. Now, some of you might not have somebody on your team, which is usually known as me. We're going to say, hey, uh, <laughs> the person, what is it? It's the friend who tells you the things that you need to hear, but you don't want to hear. Is yes. That, that's what that's it is. A, that's Whatever. Exactly. I mean, everybody always says I'm that. I don't know. They just be, I just think they be being mean to me. <laughs> um, but no, some of you don't have that person on your team when you can reach out to me because I do team building services and I will put everyone in their place. But a lot of you aren't letting people, I say, you know, Shaq out here shooting threes. You right. know, please go to the post, Shaq. And play, play your position. Yeah, yeah, play your position. Hey, where's Bill Belichick? Do your job. And on the county's finest, right? A lot of you need to do your job. And really, as men, you aren't willing to say, hey, you know, this is what I do. And that doesn't make you less of a person. Right, just as Jordan Jordan will always say, nope, Corey's a finance guy. And same thing for me, Jordan's a fitness guy. And like when we speak on these particular subjects, obviously there is room for a healthy debate, but not I would say not, not <laughs> rarely. It's more most we do is clarity on like what exactly does this mean. Exactly. But it's not even and it's I would say it's 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 I'm, more than respect. Yeah, I, I, I'm never afraid to allow the team to thrive in their expertise. Right. right? If 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 I have a finance question and I, I, I have, why would I spend time <laughs> and invest resources? Wait, why would you waste time? Exactly. Looking into a, a, a subject that I'm sure Corey has either heard about, is already very knowledgeable of, and Corey can direct me in the right direction to someone who are, you know, is an expert on this, right? If he doesn't know. You know what I mean? Nine times out of ten, he either has the answer is in very close range of the answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> As of now, I would say this is stuff, stuff is moving quick. Right. We're, <laughs> we're escalating. We're, I, I say, we're the, I keep on, I can't forget, remember how to say it. We're in the final, first level of the final stage of the first, the first stage. Final, of the final stage of the first level, final right? Final stage of the first level. Is that what The levels and stages are the same thing. We at the boss fight, right? Is no, we're not right? at the boss fight. Oh, we're, okay. we're on our, we're at the first, like, it's like the Mario Donkey Kong game where you got to climb the ladders. Right. Like at the very bottom. Okay. Right? I don't know. Anyways, uh, anyway, we're at the very beginning of our of the wealth building process, which yes. is the end game. This is the end game now, in the words of Doctor Strange. Right. Right. We're in the end game now, in the very beginning of the wealth building process, and so um, just being able to defer when it makes sense, like we're saying about wasting time. There are people who are. I wouldn't say we say we're not saying that we're better. We just put in more time than you have, something that's subjective, easy to calculate. Uh, for sure, Jordan has put in more time on the fitness side of things and myself from a finance perspective. And I tell him all the time, I don't even know nothing about fitness. I just listen to what you and your wife say and I just do it. Real talk, I, we got and, workout sessions, I just do what y'all tell me to do. And, and, vice, and honestly, vice versa with uh, finances. Like vice, I, I will say, 
at first. Again, initially starting off, I asked a lot more questions. But now, now having the skills and the knowledge that I have, it, it, you know, that, that Corey has taught me over the, the past couple of years, it's like, oh, okay, what he says makes a lot of sense, right? There's very little, you know, I, I might poke at, at several different options, but usually he has covered that information, right? Or has answers for that, right? And, and I use that to bring back to the table, discuss with my wife, and then we make a decision accordingly, right? Right, right. now, I appreciate the shameless plug. Yes, please reach out to me, at sideline underscore Corey, Corey without the E. That's yes. me, there's no E in my name. Yes. C-O-R-Y. But yeah, on the financial side of things, with really just the team building, there are nine, 10, or a couple of positions that you wanna have on your team. These are overarching positions that you wanna have on your team. These aren't like fixed things that you wanna have. But obviously, you want to have someone in the financial sphere, you know, a financial advisor, an accountant, something like that. You want to have someone in the legal sphere. And yes, black people, it might be a cop, but, you know, preferably a lawyer or a judge. Well, all judges are lawyers. Yes. <laughs> you want to have someone in the health sphere, not from a fitness standpoint, but, you know, a doctor or a nurse. Then you do want to have something, someone like Jordan in the fitness training sphere. You want to have someone, you know, handyman, mechanic, plumber, electrician. Right. Yes. You got everyone wants to get into real estate now. You want to have someone in the real estate sphere. And these people on your team, they do not have to do this for a living. Jordan and I don't do do what we do for a living. We yet. don't. Please, y'all, please help us so we can get there. And we can yes. Our own boss. No. Please. But, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. We make, good, we make decent money in our day job. No. But you want to, um, you don't have to be, you know, a nine to five person as far as real estate you can just have someone on your team who is into real estate is what they do for fun and you know all the obviously obviously a lawyer you want to have someone who's an actual lawyer right <laughs> let's be let's, let's <laughs> very clear some of, there are in some of these areas there are yes, um yes. additional criteria and or certifications for a reason right. okay you, yeah if you have a car person they don't need to talk, be talking about the exuberated carburetor they need to you know right. actually have be able to <laughs> <laughs> but it's something like you know, Jordan does in the fitness thing, sphere, and I do in finance. Like, I'm not a CPA. Like I said, we have computer science degrees. So, you know, that's not something we went to school for, but it is something that we work on as side hustles and that we're passionate about. And I am not a CPT yet. Oh, yeah. I'm, yet. I'm, I'm a financial It is in the process. That, hey, shout, Very clear. Shout out to my research. I can say I'm a financial coach, and I can, then I can say whatever I want after that. There you go. I did see a Breakfast Club interview, though. I think it's a Earn Your Leisure podcast. The guy was like, I am a financial advisor, so, like, this is why you should listen to me. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, this is my third day out here, so y'all can take everything... <laughs> Y'all can take everything I say with a grain of salt if you want, but, you know, I'm always down to stress test ideas, and obviously you can reach out to me uh, and help you with your finances. But, no, you don't have to, you know, be a professional um, at what you do when you're bringing something towards your team. It's just building your team together. But let's also be very clear. Uh, while you might not necessarily be a professional in that area, try to uh, – pick someone to be on your team uh, in that level of expertise that has a a proven record right like mm -hmm. while Corey might not necessarily be a financial advisor he does have a proven record in finances right like you know i i'm literally a, a walking talk, talking testament to his financial capability in terms of what he is capable of advising right and and vice versa for fitness right like i have a, have a proven record I've, I've done the process in which i'm advising people to, to now undergo, right? So right. you want to make sure you have someone who has a proven record in what they are trying to advise and or be uh, the SME, subject matter expert, 
uh, and that level of expertise. Right. No, yeah, I don't, I don't not know nothing, not know. I don't not know. <laughs> I don't know any. No, I don't any, not know I, nothing about not finances. Know. Like I said, I was. That's a triple yeah, negative, not, isn't it? Not, I don't, nothing. I don't not know. Yeah, so, wait, no, no is, is not, is, never mind. Anyway, gotcha. so. <laughs> full effect Coordinate, full effect that's what we, we we've been doing good we haven't been sidetracking that much right. but we, we almost did it now you know as i said i was a teller for almost six years um my mom has been in finance industry for pretty much her entire career so i do have you know that perspective i do have banking connections yes right? you can look at my linkedin profile and you can you know it's public information, so you can see, you know, precedents yes. of, of, you know, the biggest credit union in the state of Maryland that, you know, following me on there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Shout out to his resume. It's, it's, my, it's, my, it's my mom's boss, two levels up. So, but no, so it's not, you know, I'm not coming from, as you're talking about from a college perspective. That that was different. Even though my advice was pretty was pretty right then, it too. Was, it was pretty, it's, it's, pretty like this. No. If y'all, y'all want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody followed it. But no, when we were in college, you know, that was more credit-based game then. Um, but, you know, they've always asked me as far as our squad, our college friends, you know, financial information. So I've always, you know, been in that sphere as far as dumping that. And I'm pretty decent at math, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty de- decent at the numbers, even though I forgot to add in uh, your rent payment for the budget. That <laughs> went I left out your $1,500 rent payment. Uh, but, no, yeah, definitely um, be someone or at least know someone that is, I always say, no more than two phone calls away from the expert. Anything over three, you start playing telephone. So right. if you make a call to someone, then they should only have to make a call, right? If they have to, you know, if they got to call someone, let's call someone, you know, it's like your third cousin. You right. know, are, are we really related to your third yeah. cousin? You, know, <laughs> you, know, you don't want your third, your second cousin, right? That's your first cousin's kid, right? I guess it's for black people. I don't know how other people be there. <laughs> but, you know, your, your aunt's grandchild you know you're related to them right you're related to your aunt's grandchild uh, which is your first cousin's kid yeah. so you know but outside of that you start you know i was at a family reunion one time and they were you know as you can see i'm not the darkest of all the black people but there was a guy there and apparently he was my cousin no uh, you know i don't got that dark <laughs> yes, he starts talking about family cousins right. I, shout out to to south carolina but i hey, just you look shout out to north Cacalac. if they tell me you know you from south carolina and you think you're related to me i'm gonna just take your word for it right. at that now, point that actually happens so Small to my family, my family's from a small town, Rockingham. Shout out to the Rock, Richmond County. And my when you go to a wedding, you're supposed to be related to at most 50% of the people. Mm-hmm. That's if your siblings get married, and then 25% if it's you know, like your first cousin, right? But my first cousins on my dad's side watched our first cousin on our dad's side marry their first cousin on their mom's side, right? So wow. my, my uncle and my aunt watched their niece and nephew get married. Right, but it's you know it's just my uncle's blood nephew and then my aunt's right you know, blood niece. And when we went to the reception, a guy walked up to me. And my brother was like, "Who's your father name?" We're like Michael. He's like, "I'm your cousin." Okay, right. <laughs> this guy was you know over six feet, like two hundred pounds, dark, bald. Now there's balding on my my grandmother's side of family, my dad. But you know it was like okay, right. So you know. <laughs> When you get, we already knew we were going to have a lot of, you know, relatives at that wedding because I said my family's from, both of my parents from the same small town. But that that can happen sometimes with relatives, like, yeah. just, just show up, you know? right? And if you're getting this money, uh, you know, be careful. Don't, um, you know, let relatives hop out the woodwork. For sure. And mess up your bag. Exactly. But no. Stay in your bag. Right. But no, back to the team building. That's really the first thing that 
I, re- I recommend is to build your team, not even get on a budget, is to get people around you who will hold you accountable, right? Accountability partners and help you as well as them figure out what they want to do. Exactly. Because everyone has different financial goals. Obviously, it'll be hard from a financial standpoint if some of you are 100% anti-debt, by the way, which I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, which I'm not. I just said, I I never said to cancel your credit card. Yeah. Right? If you have a credit card, that's true. You just need to pay it off every month. Exactly. My credit score is pretty decent. Yeah. Right. But you know, you pay it off every month. That's, I just that is one thing I would definitely say we've incorporated into our budget is right. we we do. So once you make a budget and you're accustomed mm. to using the budget, let's be very clear. Okay, there are steps bef- that precede what I'm about to say. Um, you want to you you it is possible to then pay things off that are on the budget or on a monthly basis and then just pay the credit card off every 30 days so you do not incur any extra interest, right? So then technically you're still abiding by the budget and spending the allotted dollars in the budget, but making sure you don't incur any interest. Now, Corey got that face on. He's about to tell me not to tell people to do that. No, no, no. It's not to tell you. uh, I just be disrespectful for no reason. (laughs) I just try to keep it real. Everyone, Everyone can't be the same thing, right? Everyone's different. So most people, one, don't make enough money but two most of you all aren't even if you were financially literate i say as first thing i recommend is building your team second thing i recommend is getting figuring out your mental makeup and getting some psych tests done whether it's the disc ocean enneagram figure out your mental makeup because that impacts how you handle your finances but a lot a lot of people can't we're going to take a second where just to explain explain the, the mental what? makeup a little bit more detail you're going to come back the to mental that. makeup yeah i mean it, I don't know what y'all want. Y'all take the test. I mean, I didn't make the test. <laughs> so when it comes to your mental makeup, I, there's something called financial therapy. And financial therapy is what you would think is you know, therapy for your finances. When I say financial therapy, I think about instead of figuring out why your trauma is why you handle your finances a certain way, mm-hmm. I say you need financial therapy to figure out why your finances is leading to the trauma that mm. you have. Oh no, here's mm. there we go. A, a lot of you are the pipeline is stress, anxiety, depression, and then suicide. So stress leads to anxiety, anxiety leads to depression, depression leads to suicide. A lot of you aren't anxious and depressed. You're just broke. Like you're struggling financially. And <laughs> it's not funny. And no, I mean it's just it's just the case. I mean, for millennials, millennials have the highest suicide rate, by the way. Stress, anxiety, depression, suicide. And we have the highest suicide rate out of any other generation. Why? Not because of the natural stress of social media. That's adjusted for each generation. It's that we have more debt than any other generation. What are the chances? Yeah. What are the chances? We can get into single mothers who take, you know, the most antidepressants. 51% chance of being in poverty if you're a single mother. Woo. Yeah. So it, 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 it just leans into that. And so when it, when it comes to, to your mental makeup, I'm talking about, you know, more from a, that was more stress, anxiety standpoint, but you can only handle but so much, right? That was financial stress, right? Or something like you have, fi- you have financial stress if you're a single parent, right? And I can only imagine the stress of being able, of not being able to feed your child, right? Or clothe your child, right? Even if you are getting some type of government subsidy, right. just that stress from that. And that stress is going to lead to anxiety and depression now women don't kill themselves as much as men so you don't have to worry about that that's sort of sidetracking but that that that's sort of the issue so when it comes to your mental makeup and taking some of these psych tests you need to figure out what you can mentally handle when you get into investments a lot of people which is rightfully so want the return of high risk investments but they do you they don't have the mental makeup 
to deal with the volatility of being in a high risk investment. Okay. A lot in a lot of these the newer apps like Robinhood, etc., they're more gamified. And that red line will appear if you lost one cent, but your brain doesn't recognize it as one cent as a loss, you know, it just sees that red line. And back into suicide, I said women don't kill themselves as men. There was a story, I don't know if he was a teenager, but no, he probably was probably over 18, but the kid who he thought he had hundreds of thousands of dollars, he was using margin on Robin Hood, and he ended up killing himself. And it's like, yeah, because he had a, I, I bet he, you know, there's a lot of financial stress yes. thinking he was in debt hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so that's what a lot of people are getting into from a mental makeup standpoint. You need to figure out really how you work psychologically so you can figure out you know how that impacts how you spend your money yes because you might you might be someone who is let's say low in neuroticism which is in on the ocean test so that means you're not that sensitive to negative emotion so that probably means that you can deal with the high risk portfolio because when the market goes down right you're not going to be stressed and sell your retirement at the bottom during March twenty third, twenty twenty, I think that's when the pandemic made the market crash the lowest. I believe right? so. You never, you never, you never, you never sell at the bottom, but you might be high in neuroticism, right? Ops in this case, so you're very sensitive to negative emotion, and then you end up selling at the wrong time, right? right? So you can't. You, you need to figure out what you can truly handle, and then conduct yourselves accordingly, and then truly be okay with that, right? A lot of you want to get into stocks, right? And as far as options, calls, and puts, really, so you can be on, you know. The social media posts you don't you know your FOMO social media posts but you can't handle the volatility of doing stocks and options right let alone the the competency rate that you need to do calls and puts you really just can't thrive successfully but it's okay for you to DCA your way to you know one two million dollars in retirement for the rest of your life and that's okay yeah so the point in understanding that mental makeup guys is really just to to get an uh, in-depth understanding of how you work and how you react to things right so you can then make the most um, the best financial and fitness and life decisions that <laughs> that work towards your your specific mental um breakdown, right? You you don't want to put yourself, as Corey said, under stress that you you by you definition, yeah, by definition handle. you can't yeah, handle. That, that's like that's the thing. Everyone can't handle the same level of stress. I don't I don't even know why people even think that they could. Right. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's so confusing. Everyone wants to talk about how different everyone is, yet everyone be trying to do the same, same thing. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that one. Hey, I'd I be, I be dumbfounded. Yeah. So, what I, this is something like um, being a professional athlete, right? You got a 1%, less than a 1% chance, right? Yeah. So, if I'm, you a coach, and I got 100 kids, I'm looking at all these parents set one. Your child's not making it to the league. Exactly. So, I, for me, and this, this is just my anecdotal experience, but it finances the same way. Um, everyone can't get into real estate, not because you don't quote unquote have the competency or will have the money. It's just, that's not what's for you. And you can make, you know, money and thrive financially in other ways. Now what is for you is the budget. Let me be, yes. <laughs> let me be clear. There are some things you have to do. You have to do the budget. Yes, right? you do. <laughs> right. Even from a business standpoint, you're talking about revenue and expenses. You have to do the budget. But I'm not going to sit here and tell all of you that, hey, you know, all of you should get into doing calls and puts. All of you should get into real estate. Or when it comes to debt, all of you should get into debt. That's what we're talking about, the, the credit score and using credit cards. 
everyone can't use the credit card like they say use a credit card like a debit card right where in short you put your traditional payments that would normally come out of your checking account and you just put them on a credit card instead and then you transfer so you can still get your points get your credit score up yada 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 the one thing though with the credit score is there are a lot of things you got your utilization wrong you got your on-time payments which is 35 percent then you got your utilization which is 30 percent then you got derogatory marks you have length of credit history Mm -hmm. and then uh missing another two you have Crap, what are the other two? I don't know. I forgot. Jordan's looking for his phone. Okay. Regardless of where the other two are, there are only two that matter. It's your utilization, it's your utilization and your on-time, on-time payments. payments. And that's why they all, one thing people do always say, if you have credit card, you have debt, never miss a, a payment. payment. Right? Always make that minimum payment. On time. On time. Because the, the one thing, and obviously it's different with the, we got FICA, but other three bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. But let's just... Mm, Let's just say a lot of people will probably do this, you know, turn 18, 19 in college with your first credit card. You might have missed a payment and you wonder why it's so hard for you to get your credit score back up even though you made all these on-time payments. Well, normally how it works is if you want to quote unquote get an A or get the full points for your on-time payment, you have to have 100% payment history. So you can never miss a payment. Right. If you miss one payment, obviously you're no longer at 100%. 100%. Now just think, if you have one credit card and you miss one payment, right, and you've had a credit for a year... That means you're 11 out of 12. It's going to be a while for them seven years, you know, to tick on for you to get, you know, back to your 100%. But, you know, you can, then you're going to be at, you know, what is that? Plus 12, 23 over 24. Right. right? That one payment missed. So you're going to be in that 99% range. And if you end up dropping down to 98, 97, you start getting viewed as a C or D rating for your on-time payments. And on-time payments usually being the highest weight as far as your credit score, it's going to be really hard to get it back up. Then you have your utilization. And yes. this is People get tricked up on the utilization. So there's a difference between you owing interest on your credit card and the, the bank or whoever your credit card is with sending to the bureaus that you owe a balance. So the way your bank works is, hey, you owe us money on this date. If you give us this money, we don't owe any interest. Right. Hey, boom, that's what most people care about. But your bank might send that you owe, let's say, $100 before that interest is due to the bureaus. So then you still get dinged for having, you know, you, let's say you max out your credit card, but you pay it off in time. Right. right? So you technically owe no interest, but your bank reports that. You utilized. That you utilize 100%. Exactly. <laughs> right. And then you end up getting screwed. So that, that's when it comes to using your credit card like a debit card. Right. Not only would you put, you know, your checking account bills on there. How does a debit card work, y'all? As soon as you swipe it, you know, it comes out in a day or two. That's how you should be using your credit, credit card, card if you want to use it like a debit card. As soon as you make a payment or as soon as you, you charge something, you should be transferring the money over right away. Now, I don't recommend that for everybody. Because a lot, a lot of well, you got to be, you got to be on a budget to yeah. do that. You got to have a certain income to do that too. You got to have a good amount of discretionary income so you can, you know, put that money there if something pops up, even if you are using it as as a debit card. And you also have to remember we're talking about those habits. You have to be disciplined, yeah, disciplined. enough yeah, to make sure card. that you repeat said actions every time that you make a transaction on that credit card. Like what Corey was saying, once you pay for something on the credit card, you move the money over and you pay it off on the on the credit card, right? So. And one thing too with a credit card is people. Some people might not know you can prepay your credit card. So, you know, charges do have to clear. But let's say you're going to spend $100 tomorrow on Amazon, right? You can just transfer that $100 right now. Right. And what will happen is 
even though your pay your payment is reflected when it's received, but you know using you know apps on the internet now, you might not see it updated, but it's always reflected of when you actually made the payment. So you can prepay your credit card ahead of time, so you can transfer that hundred dollars on it today, and then tomorrow when you use it, you're good to go. So when those transactions clear, you'll you'll be in the positive the whole time. You won't have to worry about that sometimes utilization trick that people get caught up in. Now, everyone doesn't really get hit with that because billing cycles for credit cards are different for everybody and right. every credit card all depends on that. But a lot of people do get caught up in that utilization uh, purgatory where they're like, oh no, I'm good. Why, why is my utilization so high? I don't, I've, never, I've, never, I've never paid any interest, right? I've never paid any interest yet. My credit score isn't you know, in that 757, 60 range. So for utilization, Corey, what would you recommend that the person stay under if they were to utilize the credit card appropriately? Would right. this be? Well, I wouldn't recommend this. This is what the rules are. <laughs> I appreciate that. These are what the rules are. Uh, it's, oh no, what I would recommend is 0%. You're Tracking. Right. What I would recommend is 0%. I, and that's how I conduct my finance when I do use my credit card. I don't use my credit cards often, but you know, you got to use them every now and then to keep them active. And like I said, I, I pay the stuff off as soon as I make the purchase. I already have the money there. Like I said, use like a debit card. As soon as I buy it, I go straight, you know, to the bank account. The bank, my bank account, and transfer the money over. So I recommend zero percent. But from a actual credit score standpoint, it's it's like it's either thirty percent or less, or it's like no more than twenty nine percent. You know, it's one of those things. But it's under right. it's no more than twenty nine percent for sure. Gotcha. But the, one, there's FICA, which is what most people you know get their credit score for. Those of you use like Mint, you know that's what you're seeing. Or Credit Karma. Well, Credit Karma now might be showing Equifax, but each bureau weights things differently. And then on top of that, they are looking to change the FICO score, the credit scoring system now too. So who knows what that utilization might not be. So, you know, I do that long, long-term game planning. So I don't want to give too much. But for those who are listening, guess what's less than 30 or 29% utilization? None. None. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, yeah. I mean, with credit card, uh, with credit card debt, that is when I'm working people's finances. That is the biggest indicator of how much of an issue we got right. on our hands. Now, if you have medical bills, obviously that's different because you know you can't. Everybody knows how expensive medical bills are, so that that's right. different. But if you don't have medical bills on your credit card and you have more credit card debt than what you make a month, you have a significant issue on your hands. Yes. Um, if you have tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt and you're not making ten thousand dollars a month, you really got to ask yourself, you know. What, what do y'all be buying? Right. What, what, I don't understand. I underst- I do understand how you can get that much debt. But from a discipline standpoint, from a y'all be tripping about these FOMO social media posts standpoint, from y'all not having renter's insurance and you got all this designer on your credit card and Ooh. not having an insured in your apartment standpoint, like you really can't justify having more debt on a credit card than what you make a month. I, yeah. I understand people having credit card that stuff happens, but if you got ten, you got five, fi- <laughs> you got five figures too long debt. This is for those of you who are only making like fifty, sixty k. Obviously, for those making six figures, it's different, different ball game. Right. No, I couldn't. Don't don't do it. No. Well, don't I mean, it. well, don't. You might have already done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might have already done it, so I really, really can't tell tell you not to do it. Talk about digging in a hole. Yeah, bro. And then with credit, that's the one thing too. So debt, as we're coming towards the end. By the way, we're trying to keep these around two hours. Yes. But when it comes to paying off debt, as I talked about, debt on an appreciating asset. Come on now, 
but and we talked about ta- on taxes. But when you want, if you were to rank the debt outside of taxes, most people don't have but owing back taxes. Most people usually look at there's a debt avalanche method and there's a debt snowball method. Again, Dave Ramsey, for those of y'all know. Dave Ramsey. Yeah, I, I've been I, I've been jokingly called the black Dave Ramsey by my, <laughs> by my friends. Yeah, no. Uh, but um, you want to look at the avalanche standpoint, that is putting things highest interest rate first. Right. And then the snowball is putting things lowest balance regardless of their interest rate. And when it comes to credit cards, those interest rates are usually 10, 15, 20% Easily. plus. And a lot of you want to get those credit cards out the way just because of how much interest is being accrued. Right. Okay. And you want to start making you know, better financial math decisions. The joke is, though, you wouldn't have gotten the debt if you were making better financial, financial math decisions. <laughs> <laughs> People are crazy, bro. But no. What Jordan, we did the same thing. We both did the snowball. For sure, we did the snowball. No. Yeah. I would say back to the budget again. Yeah. I think. Th- I think in the rationale behind that, I think the snowball just makes you there. So there's a certain feeling you get, right? When you start paying off debt and the way the snowball is designed, you pay off your lowest debt first, regardless of interest rate. So then you kind of get, as you, you know, develop this habit and you start paying on that debt. Uh, once you finally do pay it off, you get that money back again to into the pot to be able to reallocate either to the next debt as you should right. or something else if you want it to, but technically should be to the next debt. And that, that feeling that you get, I, I think, helps you kind of motivate to, to stay on track and keep going, right? Not saying that you won't get that same feeling when you do it from the avalanche. It just sometimes takes a little bit longer or could take a little bit longer because if you're doing it by interest rate, you might not necessarily be paying off the highest balance debt first. Mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, the lowest balance debt first. Right. So it, it could take a while to get that money back into your pie. So the snowball method kind of does, especially if you're working with a spouse and both of you guys are still learning about finances and you're, you're trying to get it all together and merge things and, you know, her money and your money and putting it together you're, 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 to, to become our money. Right. <laughs> it, it makes yeah. a lot of sense to do to take the little victories first. Right. You want to pay something off, get that money back so you can kind of show the other person who's, you know what I mean, who's, who's kind of tiptoeing into it. Like, hey, this does work. This is the thing you saw we paid for X amount of months. We got that money back and now we're moving on to the next thing. So. Snowball is definitely the move. Yeah, you just touched on joint accounts. I'm not going to touch on joint accounts. Okay. We're going to say, definitely save that. All right. You want to talk about a topic that could be, we have a own mini series on joint, joint bank accounts. accounts for married couples. And yes. Talk, talking about experience, I do have for real as a teller. If, uh, if you show up to me and y'all is married, and y'all bank account's not joint, boy, that is a headache and a half. Yeah. But, no. To get- <laughs> we, we, we're not going to touch on it, just, just small tidbits, all right? So, communication, right? Talk to your significant. One, let's be very clear. Do not have a joint account with someone you are not married to. Like, oh, no, 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 Like, no, that's no, not that, a thing. That's got to get vaulted. Like, <laughs> if we're going to go there, oh, like, no, that's got to get vaulted. Yeah. We will, we will definitely touch on handling finances when you're living with someone you're not married with but yes. you guys are together yes but then you know obviously merging accounts when you get married yes 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 no we we're, co- we're coming up on right no, no, yeah no. yeah yeah we'll no, another time. but when it comes to the snowball or the avalanche as we talked about earlier with your let's say your car payment and you know getting that back into your budget when you pay it off and i was referencing you know being able to lower your um insurance your car insurance premium when you pay off your car by redoing your insurance when you do the debt snowball 
or you elect to pay off the smallest balance first or the highest interest rate, you will pay off the debt, not faster, because Avalanche is faster and it does save you the most amount of money since you're paying off the highest interest rate first. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck, like most people are, what's really key is getting money into your budget. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you got a hundred, you're paying a hundred dollars a month on something, right? Every month for a debt payment. And that is your smallest debt. So when I look at not just the debt snowball, I look at it more the minimum payments that you can get back into your budget. Mm -hmm. Because when you stop paying that hundred dollars towards that debt, you now have a hundred dollars that you can use towards your groceries. You can right. use towards your shelter. You can use towards your clothing that you might not have. See, now you got a hundred dollars in clothing. Or, and a lot of people want to get into this. You want to invest. Yes. If you, <laughs> a lot of y'all want to start investing. I recommend if you if you just look at how much money you can make from investing your debt payments. Not 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 even just your car payment. But all of your debt payments, right, and not even just that, also having discretionary income, being on safe for an emergency fund, it, it's not, it's li it's life changing when you get to that point. It's hard to say it now for those of you at the beginning and like, mm, how do yeah. I start a budget? But it seems like a long road yeah. sometimes. It, no, 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 it is a long road. This yes. is not, no, no, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Uh, once you get about 18 months in, you're like, this is dumb. All right. <laughs> That's why I say if you can do it in two, under two years, though, you do it. That way you only got six, four months to go once you get to 18 months. But when you get that money back into your budget, you have more room in your budget. And then, you know, you can, you can not say afford other things, but you just have more room to pay for things. You can, you know, handle handle more emergencies, cash flow, some things that pop up. But when you're kicking out all your money in debt payments, I would just say just look at, you know, how much money you're kicking out in debt. Exactly. I, I would say... I mean, in short, non-mortgage debt, you know, if you're paying 50% of your income, excluding your mortgage slash rent and debt, that, that's a problem. I mean, how, how, much, how much do you want to spend on debt? And let's just bring it full circle on top of this. Some of you guys are not mentally, what am I trying to say, mentally equipped to do the long haul up front, right? So if you're, <laughs> if you're not, I'm, and, and Corey's watching me trying to put it very, uh, uh, appropriately, right? You, if, if you're not ready to do the highest interest rate up front, which oh. again, which Ooh, might not yes. be, you know what I mean? I so mean. If, if you can't handle that, right, right, mentally, then you should, I also recommend the snowball because again, that right. little victories gets that momentum going, right. gets you, you know, gets you kind of propelled to, to stay on this track longer, right? If you're not built for the, the initial long haul up front, then right. don't don't try to do it. It's okay. Right. It's right. all right to take the, the snowball route, right? As long the goal is to finish, right? It doesn't matter if you take the left path or the right path. Finish, okay? Yeah. No, I so. appreciate that setup. You straight up Fisher Price me right now. Gotcha. I'm gonna dunk, 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 Lob City. Blake there Griffin. you go. Uh, Blake Griffin's dunking again, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you let's say you were going to take the avalanche route, right? And so you're going to pay off your highest interest rate first. And let's just say you have student loan and a car loan. Likely your student loan is going to be a high interest rate, yes. depending on when you graduated, right? We're speaking from when we graduated in 2015, so we had 2011 yeah. interest rates around that 6 7%. And, you know, Jordan says car loan was 5%, mine mm -hmm. was three seven five. So your car loan is going to be paid off second as far as the order in the avalanche. Correct. But <laughs> how much student loan debt do y'all have? Exactly. Imagine if you had 50, if you're trying to pay off debt and you have 50K in student loan debt. And then you have, you know, 10000 in a car loan. And that's the first I, thing you're paying. I, and then I don't, by the way, 
I don't know how much interest you're going to save and how much time you're going to save by paying the student loan off first. But as Jordan said, most, most not even the mental makeup, most of y'all even fit paying on 50 k. That's, that's that's a ride. Like, let's be 50, very clear. When you do, if for those of you who are looking to pay off your student loans, and you have ten, you know, when you start paying off tens of thousands of dollars of debt, I mean, usually the only debt higher than a student loan is a mortgage. Right. For some of you, you're still. <laughs> we're not doing student loans right now, but <laughs> but if you were to go through the slog of paying off five fifty thousand dollars in debt versus ten thousand first, that's just a lot. Then if you add in credit cards, now credit cards can be different. By the way, you do itemize these. You might have you know ten thousand dollars in credit cards, but you might have you know it's split up amongst two or three different credit cards. So you would you know itemize them individually. So you got one for two, one for two, and, you know, excuse me, and then one for six. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot when you're when you're we've both done the the 10k plus debt. Yeah. Multi, multi, I, I did it. I did. I paid off. I paid off 10k three. You know, more than 10k three separate times. This is it's a slog. I think this is the, this last one will be my third. Right, will yeah. be our third. Right. Yeah. I paid. We didn't even say it. I paid off 60k in debt. You'll be. You, I think you, you, uh, we oh. hold on. Me or or. The Stallings. So okay, uh, about about a hundred. I think about a hundred k total. Yeah. Oh my god. That's yeah. So much money. That's so much money. Now, fortunately, again, back to the grind. You should reach out to me, sideline Corey. Um, I get you under two years. How long? See, you yeah. paid off, you paid off a hundred k in debt and yeah, about under twenty four. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. that's all. Less than twenty four months. Now, and the great the great thing is we had the pandemic, so we you didn't have to couldn't even do anything in twenty twenty. Which is why again, if you were to reach, we I told y'all we started this in twenty eighteen. We a little late, but you know here we are now. But you know, uh, stress tested financial and fitness advice here as far as the pandemic. But um, yeah, when you when you're paying, I paid off fifteen k my student loan. Then my mom's parent plus loan was seventeen k. Then my car loan was. $33,000. Yes, y'all, $33,000 in a car loan. And yeah, I mean, obviously, I were, the, the last normal summer, 2019, which probably the last normal summer of our lifetime, I did not do anything. I worked literally every day for two, for June and July. <laughs> I, did, I did not know I was giving up the, the, that summer. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's what happened. But, you know, you put in that work and you get to now. And then it's like, well, I mean, you don't even remember the past like that. You, you don't. Tripping. Yeah, it, it it when you're taking that ride, it, it seems like oh, it's gonna be forever. It's yeah. gonna be a lot of sacrifices, and, and 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 you are going to sacrifice, right? Like I'm not going to belittle the the sacrificing, but once it's once you're in it and you've you've done it a couple months, and it's one of those things that it just kind of again becomes a habit. It's right. like okay, well, I can do this. You know what I mean? For two months in, it might seem like a struggle. Six months in, you're kind of like okay, I got the hang of this. One year in, you're like okay, what's next on the list? Like wow. you start your mindset changes as you progress through and start making those payments and and literally watching the debt change before your eyes. It's kind of fun. Right. Um, yeah. When I brought up those gym badges, paying off, getting the budgets, like getting your starter Pokemon. Yes. But before you can really get to investing, you have to, as I say, I recommend first, I'm going to show you how to budget and track your transactions. Second, going to show you how to define how you want to handle debt and make sure you handle it that way. And the third thing, work on building generational wealth. And a lot of people want to skip figuring out how they want to handle debt, whether you want to pay it all off, leverage your lifestyle, whatever it is, and just get straight to investing and making money. And by paying off debt, 
as I said, we realized that time was our biggest asset. Yes. Which is why we can do this now, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, right? We, Honestly, we, yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, we have the we have the money to finance it ourselves, right? And although exactly. we definitely made sure we didn't go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we could, we could, we could, we spend a lot more money. We was like, let's just spend. You know, what we're gonna spend to get it started. But no, you get to the point where you say, oh, I'm about to pay off my debt, and like, what's next in the step? Just like I talk about the baby steps. You don't just pay off your debt and stop. Right. right. You just don't build an emergency fund and stop. You start, you start investing. And when it comes to investing, that's really the offense side of thing, right? Offense and sports. You know, that's the pretty boys, the stylish part. Like when you start looking at investing in not just the stock market, but in general, building wealth, starting businesses, real estate, yeah. etc. That that's it's a lot, but it that, it, it's fun, and it, you you know you start realizing that you got time on your hands. And you, you, you take that approach that you use with that snowball and now you just you're basically taking that snowball and you're reallocating it, right? You're now taking that snowball and you're using it for investment. So you're taking that snowball and you're using it for an emergency fund. But you now have built up that that habit and you know for a fact because you've withstood the, the debt, the time that it took to pay off the debt to be able to um to build that up, right? So right. At that point, you're just implementing a practice. Right. And that's the one thing, too, about getting out of debt. And joke is you, you can always get back into it. You can. And I would always say, if you could, you know, start, you know, from the beginning, you know, would you would you have debt? I mean, if you had the option to pay, use debt for something or not, most people would say, no, you know, not, not even being able to use the money, you know, somewhere else is why I use debt. Right. But it's in general. Like, would you rather have debt on something or would you rather own it outright yourself? Most people would rather own something outright themselves. I'd definitely rather own it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, not now. It's, now it's different. It's right. like a different aspect yeah. on it. But, you know, it it really comes down to figuring out what you want. And that's why I said at first I was usually just yelling. No, I was talking to people very assertively. <laughs> I, was I like that. People, I was talking to people very assertively. He was yelling. <laughs> <laughs> no, but making... I mean, you define your, you define what you want in life. You know, what do you want? Not based off of what other people are telling you, not what Jordan and I are, are, are recommending. Right. But, you know, define what you want for your life. And then once you figure that out, start putting the work in. Exactly. Right. Make the plan and execute. Yeah. yeah. It's not, um, it's, I don't even, it's simple. And developer talk, it's not hard coded. I had to do a quick IT plug. <laughs> you know, it's not hard coded, guys. Like, you can eat, no. look. You can write the function, input the variables, and you know, you, you call can, it when you need to. Exactly. Pass the parameters. Hey, we some nerds. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it, it gets complicated at times. I guess we should be more clear on that. It is hard. Pain, if you want to lock in and pay off debt, you know, as quickly and aggressively as possible, it is extremely hard. I think we were fortunate enough, again, back to the team, we didn't do it by ourselves. We yes. have um, a monthly uh, financial meeting on the first, first Saturday of every month. And where we have our other team members and accountability partners and, you know, we're discussing finances. That's the one thing, too, we're going to try to do with this is decrease the taboo. This is is a lot for the last couple of minutes, but decrease the taboo-ness around finances. A lot of you don't understand that your financial health is easier to see, if not as easy to see, as your physical health. Yes. But the financial literacy rate is just so high that, you know... A lot of you don't know that people who understand finances can kind of see how much money you do or don't have, whether or not you did or didn't pay for that. You know, sort of like with women, you don't ask women their age, but I guarantee you they'll tell you when they graduate high school and I'll subtract 18 from that and I know how old you are. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Hey, 
Yeah, I had a lady I used to work with. She didn't want to tell me how old she was, but then I said, "Well, you guys are high school." She told you. Excuse me for the snap. Told me right. She told me. Told me instantly. 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 Uh, so it's like okay. And that's the same thing with finances. A lot of y'all be like, "Ah, oh, I'm not gonna tell you, you know, how much money I make," as if you make five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I know how much money you don't make. Right? I mean, like you know, well, you not, wouldn't be listening and, to this podcast. Right. It's not. It's, and it don't even be pocket checking. Like I mean, you, when you get to a point where you just your financial literacy is at a point where you can just see you you know how much things cost. It's like with a car. Imagine trying to hire from somebody how much you pay for your car, as if I can't Google it and find a dealership because you got the place on it, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all be acting like y'all be making up these car prices. No. Like. <laughs> People be trying to hide it and, you know, try to decrease. That's the one thing with our group. We are extremely open about our finances. Yes. At, at least me. That's the one thing, too. If you, if I don't. Yeah, as well. It, yeah. Yeah, but I don't um, ask any questions that I'm not willing to answer myself. And I have no issue showing, you know, how I handle everything. But it's definitely one of those things. The more open you are about sharing your financial situation, the easier it is to, to get some type of guidance and help and, you know, input on that situation. So, right. yeah. No, yeah, because back to the team and y'all posting people who wouldn't make sure your your child is fed if if you die. Your whole team might be struggling financially. Right. And someone needs, we weren't struggling from an income standpoint. We were struggling from a, well, I was at the time, but we were struggling from a management standpoint and, you know, being clear on what we wanted to do. Which you'll clearly see as uh, as time goes on is a a more valuable asset than, than income you know amassing more income right you can you can have tons of money right but if you don't know how to manage it it doesn't do you any any good at all it's it's not about how much money you make how much money you keep exactly that's the one thing too we i guess it's different for me but you know i know how much money a lot of people make you know we as (laughs) when it comes to our team and our monthly financial calls like we we all know how much money each of us make we've all seen each other's budgets like it's not that's why i say your financial health is as easy to see if not easier to see than your physical health like you know we just transparent with it i mean like yeah. i said it's not like we make not yet but five hundred thousand dollars a year we, we try we're trying to yet. get there <laughs> but you know it's not like we're making five hundred thousand dollars a year but you know we just just so happens that we're all pretty much in the same field the it field so we know the general ranges and we sort of do that from a job hunting perspective too but you know how much you should be getting for a particular position right but you know we with your team your close friends i mean if y'all don't, don't be afraid <laughs> You'd be scared to let people know how much money you make. Right. Like, you got to have those, I mean, have those conversations. Right. Like, it's, it's, especially it's okay. now with some people having student loan debt. It's like, I just assume you got student loan debt. Right. Like <laughs> if, you, if you went to college. Exactly. Like, it's just it's kind of, you know, guaranteed. Like, I I know you didn't pay for the car cash. You told me you had a car payment for it. Right. So, so is and again, you might not, I guess you got to say, you know, your friends might not be your friends, but the, you you know, you might not be spending the right time with the right amount of people. Yes. Right? So that, that might be the actual issue if you can't, you know, discuss these things. Exactly. With your inner circle. And it translated over to fitness as well. If you have, have fitness goal, you, you need that support on both sides, right? Whether it be fiscally or, or, or from a fitness per- perspective, right? Uh, stating your goals out loud and then having your support or your team rally around you and help you and be there for you while you take that journey is, is definitely a thing that, that you need so it comes full circle on both sides right yeah we've been we've been circle we've been it was at this big sean and um it's not nipsey 
that's deep reference. Because Big Sean is somebody else on his last album called Full Circle. Yeah. Regardless, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that might. I I know discussing finding well not for me it's different I don't I don't have no issue discussing it not but at I, all. It, if you are hesitant to discuss your finances with your close friends that makes sense but if y'all trying to go out here and get the bag together and get all this money exactly. together and go on vacation together I don't understand why y'all wouldn't be you know willing to work with each other to improve each other's finances I mean because I mean if you don't got no money then they're the same people you're grinding with, they're right. the same ones you're probably going to want to take trips with. Let's be right. honest, yeah. So, so you, like, you might as well make sure that they can go and afford it. Exactly. Now, some of y'all might be out here on these trips, and you're not really the person you want to take on vacation because you'd be penny watching. Mm. And yeah, but that that is what it is, yeah. It happens. It is. We don't like people like that, though, right? When we go on vacation, what we're trying to do is spend all the money, exactly. <laughs> That's what exactly. we go on vacation because <laughs> guess what? I did I pre planned for it right. in my okay. budget, on, and I'm uh, taking uh, I'm taking all the money with me. And guess what? We're gonna do we're gonna have a good time. Okay. As you can see, the budget will always exist. Always. Well, I can't wait to get into, the, from a business standpoint, how people need to handle their, you know, everybody wants to start a business. Yeah. Right? But yet you can't. Y'all want, y'all be one. You got to be able to budget effectively to do anything financial. Let's be very clear. Whether that is manage you, manage a business, manage property, okay? All of that ties back into having a budget and being able to stick and abide by the budget, okay? We'll discuss this later, but in short, Y'all be wanting to start businesses, but you can't budget your personal finances. Mm. The main reason small businesses go out of business is due to mismanagement of finances. So y'all, y'all be wanting to make six figures and you can't handle the forty k. Oh, we gotta go, Corey. We gotta go. Don't All do right. it to him. Don't do it to him. Not All today. Right. This, hey, I'm gonna tell you this. We were warming up. <laughs> This is, we knew we could go three hours. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah we had it in us. We, we definitely we had it in us. We three hours. All right, y'all. This was fun. Um, again, I'm Sideline Corey on Sideline underscore Corey on Twitter. Yes. Instagram. I am on TikTok, but not as much. Gotcha. And I don't use Snapchat. Okay. Jordan is. I am Stop Stalling J. That is S T O P S T A L L I N G J A Y on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Snapchat, but yeah, I don't really get on TikTok. I see TikToks on other stuff. I don't got a TikTok, but you know, keep it up. And for me, for financial help, it's just sideline under sideline underscore Corey. But for Jordan, he has his business page. Yes, follow us at finallyfit06 on Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitter. All right, right, and we will put all this in the notes show description. I forget what it is for YouTube, but we'll put all that stuff in there for that. Um, that's it. This is fun. One, number number yeah, one in the books. One in the books. All right. So I'm Corey. Remember to save more and say less. And keep making better your best. And we'll catch you all next time. All right.